0: This is Chicago's game day only on ESPN One Thousand and ESPNChicago.com.
1: We are realistic in terms of what the free agent market
2: is. We were not going to be. We're not in the position as of today to be in the position to go after the the big names, the the, the, the franchise changers. We're just not. You know, we're looking at things realistically. We're at a very beginning point of a rebuild. We're we're still very positive of the direction we've chosen. We understood going into this that it would be really hard and at times painful. This year's probably been more painful than we thought. People want instant gratification. We understand that. You know, we've
3: got, we do also. And I think John mentioned, you know, in this first couple of years of a rebuild, it's very painful. It's painful for us. We know it's painful for our, our fans. This
0: is Chicago's game day only on ESPN One Thousand at ESPNChicago.com. Oh,
3: welcome on in. The Bulls are one and one since all the excitement earlier in the week. Fred Huebner along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah for the next three hours. We'll talk a little bit of Bulls. We'll talk some baseball. Uh, Jesse Rogers will join us around 9.30 on his way down to Arizona. I don't know why he's not there now. Schwarber's taking swings. Jesse should be there already. Uh, We'll talk with him about that. Uh, 10 o'clock, Zach Harper from The Athletic will join us. Michael Bauman from The Ringer around 10.30. And Darnell Mayberry from The Athletic around 11 o'clock. And, uh, guys, we will also be giving away some um, tickets for the upcoming uh, motorcycle show, the Progressive International Motorcycle Show, February 15th through the 17th at Donald E. Stevens Convention Center. Riders Unite! So um, we're trying to figure out a good way to give away the tickets. How many pair of tickets do we have to give away, Felix? Six. Six. Six! We're only on for three hours. What are we, How are we supposed to do this? Okay. Okay. Um, I think that would go to an hour,
4: Fred, Two an guess, hour. Yeah, yes.
3: but we're not going to have to, I don't want to do it twice an hour, maybe th- once every hour. The all e- right, then once an hour, once an time, hour, Each time, two people like. will win. How's that? Sure, go for it. And we're trying to figure out the best way to do it, so we figured with all of the Bulls news this week and all the John Paxson chatter from the press conference and also when he joined um, the station with Carmen and Yurko the other day before they were so rudely interrupted, By the phone system breaking down, um, we would play this. When you hear this, the next time you hear this, be the fifth caller and sixth caller, and you'll win a pair of tickets for the Progressive International Motorcycle Show. Here's the soundbite. I'm not
2: a salesman. I'm not going to get out there and try to convince you of something.
3: So the next time you hear that, (laughs) so we will not play that the the rest of the show, the next, but the next time you hear it, be the fifth. And six callers, 312-332-3776. If you want to go to the Progressive International Motorcycle Show at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center coming up on February 15th through the 17th. And uh, guys, I know I was going to ask you if you were watching basketball last night, but I'm sure that you were watching the Alliance of American Football
4: flipped it on for a minute or two Fred. the thing the difference between this and uh looking at other debunked tries at trying to compete with the nfl is this is not competing with it it is uh blatantly out there for you that it's football but hopefully some of these guys could move on to the next level Uh thus it's not gimmicky it's just minor league football and football is great in my book just like pizza all pizza's good all football is good and uh it was interesting i didn't set locked in and glued to it but it wasn't, it didn't come across as a farce, right? Like right. the XFL comes across as a joke, but this came across as a, it's just football. And hopefully maybe you get a guy that's a Walt Disney story in the in the end and maybe he makes it to the NFL and maybe he wins there and wow. something great out of that. Outside of that, it was just football.
5: Yeah. I mean, I saw some of the highlights on Twitter. I saw that that quarterback get crushed. I don't know his name, but I yeah, know. Guy, two, but two of them. They're like, great. yeah, there's some, here's the thing. That yeah, there's really bad offensive linemen. Like that's what that is. Like guys are yes, just coming unblocked off the edge and just destroying quarterbacks. And there there are some gimmicks like they've got the replay official like up in a up in a a secluded like it looks like a suite so oh we don't have to go to the eye in the sky and al river on we go we have the person right there so there are ways to be like look look our officials are right here well it's funny they all they have like two they have a replay official then they have the
3: sky judge and the Mm -hmm. sky judge can just make decisions which is what i've been yelling for in baseball For years, just sits upstairs, and if there's a wrong play or the referees miss it, the sky judge can buzz down and say, Hey, you guys missed that call. There's a pass interference there, or there's a holding on this and that. And that's very cool because this way you don't have to stop the action. And they don't stop the action, the sky judge just makes the call when stuff when they
4: missed but, but, but the key is that type of thing that is not going to keep your attention and keep no. you uh-uh. watching this football league like no it's the, the be reason the, the reason you'll yeah. watch it is because you like the sounds of football in the background and you like to see guys trying right yeah, like, yeah, like that's
5: yeah. the difference yeah. you know what like- gets my attention is if the xfl just embraces the gimmick and they have like the joaquin phoenix from gladiator up in the replay booth and just like you With get to thumbs. do the thumbs up yeah. or the thumbs down and then the crowd just goes nuts then then i'm buying in because if you fully embrace the gimmick i'm in yeah. if you just try to you know half-ass it a little bit and you're like oh look we've got a replay judge and you can see them they're right here it's, i don't care yeah, they, uh, the one thing I liked a lot is that uh, the
3: kickers made all their field goals. Every field goal I saw attempted <laughs> I saw was made. I a lot
5: of Parky tweets. Yeah, there
3: was this guy, Hageman, who was kicking for uh, the Mike March team that ended up losing, I think. But every time what, he strolled out of the uh, field...
4: What, what was their name? Mike March's squad. Was uh, was that San Antonio? What were they? The commanders? No, they
3: were, I think they were they were the losers, I think, right? So they were the San Diego Fleet.
4: The Fleet? That's their... Okay. So. All right. That was the San the trying to San Diego Fleet. Get it all- because they all look like fake Madden teams, right. you know, when you go oh, in yeah. franchise yeah. mode. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure that out.
3: Well, and then uh, the we didn't see the Orlando Apollos and the Atlanta f- Legends. Uh, that was a forty to six game with, where Steve Spurrier ran the Philly special, yes, right off the bat, yes. which was nice to see. I, and, uh, see
5: if I can watch the old ball coach coach again. Yeah. Like I'm totally down for that. But,
4: but like, listen, we're not. It's Sunday morning. We're not going to sit here no. and overhype something that's not worth it. No, working. no like,
5: because
3: the network like, just did it for like the last hour yeah, and a half. But, but yeah. like, yeah.
4: But here's the thing. Don't lie to the people. Like it's, it's minor, it's, football. minor league football. Right, it's, it's minor league football. If you're looking to watch some football, I'm sure the ratings probably did pretty well. Yeah. Um and on a Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. But but like they play again today, they're on again today. There's two games today. So. Like it is it it is what it is. There's yeah. nothing uh, like you're not it's yeah. not competing. This isn't uh what is it, the US uh, USL? USFL? USFL. Yeah, USFL. Yeah. Like, didn't Steve Young play in that? Yeah, like, there were guys playing played. in that league because they, they were trying to Hershel manipulate free agency league. with yeah. the NFL. So like it's not that. Right? Like you're not gonna see Todd Gurley out there. No. no. You're not gonna see the next disgruntled star, like Avion Bell over there playing for some commander squad. You know what this you isn't know?
5: the Drew League.
4: Yeah, with no, the NBA no, 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 Drew no. league,
5: it's like in the summer. It kind of travels yeah. around, and every once in a while, a star will show up. Yeah, a couple a stars Rosen drops yeah, in they'll and show James up, Hart and they'll Wright play plays. with not not no. like scrubs. They're not showing up to the YMCA and and playing three on three like they're. They, it's it's kind. It's a league that travels around. Like this is a, yeah. Like Todd Gurley isn't coming in and get, getting extra carries during halftime league.
4: of the Bulls game. I was watching exclusively this football right. right? There were a lot of drop passes and a lot yeah. of bad throws and yeah. a lot yes, of so just were. bad mm-hmm. football. So like those it, quarterbacks were scared for their life. Yeah, it's still yeah. it's still football. So it's nice to have it on in the background, yeah. but you're not going to sit around going, "Oh man, I'm going to break down this play. Who is this uh, number eighty two on the commanders?" Yeah. And you that's know, exactly it's like, that's right. exactly what I did. I had it on the
3: second TV. Well, Fred, I had on. the Bulls game on. I had that on the second TV. All right, so give us
4: your uh, four takeaways from uh, from what you saw last night. Uh, the office.
3: Abdallah brought up the biggest part. The offensive line's... Kind of just like you know yeah, they don't know. What I saw doing.
5: one dude. He missed his assignment so bad. He's blocking nothing. And yeah. just looking to the oh, side. So, so he was a glitch player, <laughs> like, oh right?
6: Yeah, yes, it did. He's just, he's it. Someone just
5: made that joke. It looks like it looks like right. NFL blitz. It looks like live NFL blitz. Yeah. And it's just like you said. It's the the bad line play. Oh my no, god! And they were
3: throwing a lot of balls up for grabs. I mean, mm-hmm. the one game, uh, the San Antonio San Diego game, both teams had interceptions in the end zone. Uh, You know, it could have been more of a a, a scoring game. Uh, One of the guys made an interception yesterday was a guy that actually was just cut by the Bears at the end of camp, a guy Mm -hmm. named Bosby. And yep. he made an interception. So there are guys. It's funny. And one other guy. We're not going to talk much about this. We just want to talk oh, a little wh- bit about it. Wh-
4: Fred, what if the people want to talk we got
3: about colors. it? It's football. That's people, fine. If people want to talk football. That's fine. If they want to talk about it, that's fine. But you know, we got the they, itch. Yeah, Well, they do. And some people suggested, <laughs> what would you think of this? What would you think of all of the guys that were on practice squads for the NFL being able to play in this? They should be
4: able to. So yeah. They can, why not? They can all especially yeah. out get better. You guys mentioned the, not, kickers. the kickers. Kickers. Like... The one kicker for one of the I don't know the teams. Uh, right. One of the teams they were like, yeah, he was on a, he was on the Chargers
5: Look, some earlier this people year. People are going to get jobs Young, off. Of Young this. Ho Koo, yeah. the Atlanta kicker, he yeah. scored the first
3: points at thirty eight yard okay. field goal.
5: Like people are going to get jobs off of this next season in the NFL. You yeah. will hear from the AA, uh, AAF, yeah, from A-A-F. the AAF. A-A-F. Yeah. I think it's
4: also notable that some of these guys who maybe could not have gotten uh, gigs as a GM or a coach or a coach again. You know, most of the guys were previously professional coaches, or right. Mike mm-hmm. Riley was a coach in college. Um, I think it's interesting that it's a full football prep to maybe get back into the NFL right. if you mm-hmm. wanted to as a GM or whatever the case may be. So it's all interesting to me. Um, also, God, did you guys yes. notice uh, the crowd in San Antonio? Here's my question. Was that free? Was the stuff handed out free? Because it was listen, a lot of it. Listen, I... I buy gear. Like, yeah. I'll buy a bull shirt, and I'll buy a Bears hat, and this, that, and the other. You're not going to buy a San Antonio but, Commando shirt? But, like, <laughs> did you see the fans in the stands? People were in
5: jerseys. Yeah, I Whose did. jersey are you buying? I, I'll tell you this. I had a lot of enforcers gear. None of it was paid for. Okay, yeah. See, like, None of it was like, paid did they?
4: For it. Did everyone that showed up last night, did you get handed a free piece of new memorabilia? It because came with your ticket. Probably, like, uh, yeah. Did you notice that in the <laughs> crowd? Like, You people, get a hat, you get a scarf, and you get a jersey. Like, I find it hard to believe that they announced this league and people ran out to Dick's Sporting Goods and right. started buying, buying up gear before this league even started. But props to the people of San Antonio because
5: that crowd was into it. John yeah. with no H on Twitter wants to know if uh, Alabama could beat the uh, Atlanta Legends. So we've already got that. Well, yes, yes they they yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they would so block. They so that's it. It's it's yeah. NFL teams, Alabama, AAF teams. Yeah, That's well, what it is. Add, add half of college football into okay. that yeah. second category. Yeah. Yeah. Who would score more, Oklahoma
4: or the Atlanta <laughs> Legends? Yes. Well, let's yes. grab
3: a couple of calls from people that are uh, were watching it last night and <laughs> had some interest in it. We go to Bourbon A& Joe. Joe, you're on ESPN 1000. What's going on?
7: Hey, good morning, boys. Hey, I just uh, heard, I think it was Black that I was Yo. saying something about the drop passes and this
2: and that. Yeah. At halftime of the San Diego San Antonio game, um, Kurt Warner was saying they only had 30 days to really practice. And I'm trying to sit here and think without training camp, without mini camp, with all this stuff, how good would, you know, the Bears, uh, the Chiefs, the Patriots all look after 30 days? And also, just out of curiosity,
3: what's the, like, the average salary, would you guess, for these players? They all get paid the same thing, from what I heard. They all make the same amount of money, I heard. Oh, boy. Okay, and
2: uh, my other thing was this. Like, I just uh, uh, thought about this. What if, like, uh, this could turn into, like, an actual minor league for for the NFL? Like, say, if you have a fourth stringer a fifth-stringer that could use some reps, send them down to, like, your San Antonio affiliate. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like what baseball does. I think this would be awesome for, like, attrition and players, and somehow...
3: Possibility. Well,
2: you know you know what it it. is.
4: No, no, no. You know what this is. This is a long play for the AAF to then be bought by the NFL. Right? Like if they do this right, the NFL may purchase them and then may have affiliated teams with other teams. Right? Like that's how the G League has worked. The G League at first was just a league owned by the league and then affiliated NBA teams started pairing up and then they could use that for their minor league team, just like baseball, Fred. So like I, I could see, couldn't you guys see five to 10 years? If this league works, the NFL is saying this is a good investment for us and our product. We'll buy you out because then we can have your TV revenue, right? right? Because right. You're, putting up, you're putting up ratings against NBA games and college basketball yeah. when we don't have anything to put out there. Now, all of a sudden, the NFL is a 12-month sport. And you have all the rights going to the NFL, and then you could do that. Well, when do we get? The Bears could purchase the San Antonio Commanders, and then that could be their squad that they send all the practice. Uh, squad players too. Maybe an Adam Shaheen could be the star down there because he can't do anything up here. It would be like the uh, Arizona
3: Fall League. The Arizona yeah. Fall League right now, there's like six teams from baseball, and six teams send their guys to one Arizona Fall League yeah. team, and mm-hmm. six more send them to somebody else. Maybe they would do the same thing with the NFL. Um, here last year, they said the average salaries are going to be
5: seventy five thousand per season, which isn't bad for what Well, that's ten okay. games of That's what I'm thinking though. What when do you get the kid that goes, "I'm not going to college. I'm going to go to this." No, I don't think so. Why not? The they're, exposure, getting, they're getting $75,000 a year.
3: Well, the XFL apparently is is taking kids right out of high school.
4: And they're advertising right. it. Right. They're advertising like they're saying 75,000 or 7500. No, it says here the an average is 75000
3: per season. Yeah. Um, wow,
4: that's a lot I, of money. See, that's last, what I'm
3: saying. The last article that I saw this is is last year, so I'm waiting to see something from you know. For current. how long
4: does this run? Two months. I don't. F- you have to look at their uh, I website. I look at their schedule. Yeah, look yeah. at their schedule. I don't, I don't, I don't know. even know where to find that, sir. I AAF. I'm AAF. not AAF. interested.
5: AAF.com. Not dot to be dismissive, a- but like, yeah, listen, you know what? This probably. Football League, if it's on, mm. I'll watch, but I'm not going to dive into the. Start with AAF.biz and
3: work yeah. your way up from ten there. 10 week, there. week work. season. Work. 10 <laughs> week season. It <laughs> ends April Okay, 12. so 10
5: weeks. All right. Yeah. That's it pretty ends in April. 10 weeks of work? That's good. Yeah, 10 weeks plus a month of prep and probably a week in there. When's the draft? Oh, it ends right before the draft. See, that's perfect. Okay. Even better. Why wouldn't a kid just go to that for three years and then it ends right before the draft and then you get drafted?
4: Yeah. Are you suggesting Kyler Murray should be playing in this? Is this, is no, this I'm what not you're saying, trying no, to do? No, I'm not saying that the kids that
5: are going to be like superstars because that's different. But I, I think that you will get a few kids that say, hey, why am I, why am I playing for free when I could get paid for three years or two years or even a year, get paid for that last year? And then enter the draft.
3: Yeah, the draft is April 25th, and uh, this league ends like the week before that. Because the draft so. just says
5: you have to be out of high school for three years. It doesn't say anything about yeah. attending college. So you have to be out of high school. You have to be three years removed from your graduation date from high school. Yeah, yeah. So, so you why- know what? Maybe, maybe in the uh, seventh round of the draft, instead of saying
3: you're picking somebody from you know uh, North Dakota State, you're picking someone from the San Antonio Commanders. Maybe. Maybe. Or you, know, you go to college for two years until,
5: you know, because obviously the speed of the game and, and and building muscle and all that kind of stuff. You can take a kid from high school. They might get killed out there. But there are the, there are the few athletes. There are a few that can, that will be able to make the jump. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you get a few high school kids that go straight there. Let me grab another call. I, I want to say this is Mokina. Jim, Jim, what's going on?
7: Hey, Freddie. How are you? I'm doing Mr. well. Pat, as usual. That's the Pat. Um, Thank you. What I wanted to mention is, I watched it and uh, I I didn't get into it, get into it, but it was like Black said, it was enjoyable to watch football again. What I noticed is, and I've been kind of studying up on this a little bit when I heard about it originally, is the NFL sanctions it because they realized that they're using a lot of things in there experimentally that they might possibly be able to use, like the eye in the sky thing and things like that. The no kickoff. That's why you see guys like Bill Polian running it, and you got Moose Johnson as one of the general managers. Because I think if they were in a league that was going against the NFL, the NFL would, you know, blacklist these guys; they'd never be in again. But it was enjoyable enough to where the number one thing I was watching was I was looking counting for a kicker. Yep, and I couldn't help but look every time they showed March. Who looked very disheveled? He looked like somebody. <laughs> His clothes from Goodwill, but um, I kept picturing Cutler yelling at him. But uh, it, it was pretty, pretty, pretty notably. It was a decent, you know, telecast in that, and uh, it, it's much better than what the XFL and the USFL was. So, but I think you know the Bears. You know, the general managers are going to look. There were some decent players the offensive line like you said was Swiss cheese but everything else was pretty decent
3: yeah Jim appreciate the call I thought there were a couple of receivers that were decent secondary guys you're always looking for another secondary guy mm-hmm. a guy that might be able to play and if a guy can be a ball hawk and stuff like that you may want to bring him in so it was cool I mean it's out again today uh I may have it on while I'm taking a nap or something like that you know because I'm not going to be usually people do with that with golf uh, Pebble Beach today, and uh, you know, final round and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, maybe I'll have it on today. There is a couple of games: one at three and one at seven. So we will, uh, we will, or will not talk more about that. We've got a busy show. We got a lot of guests today. Uh, Going to talk baseball with Jesse. Bottom of the hour. Uh, you guys were out on, on Friday morning, and I you, I listened to your show for a little while. It was basically three hours of. Bulls conversation after the trade deadline, after everything else, and after the the trade, and after the uh, John Paxson press conference. I worked Friday night, and I was looking for a different angle, because I don't know that there was any other Bulls fan that hadn't called to beat up on John Paxson and, Gar, pa- and uh, Gar Foreman and John Paxson, and what I was saying was listen, things aren't changing. You can yell all you want about Gar Foreman and John Paxson making wrong moves, and they're still going to be there. So you can com- com- complain as long as they're there. My question was, what would you do if you were them to, to improve it, okay, to change it? Now, people are already saying, well, maybe they shouldn't have got rid of Bobby Portis. Look how well he played. Well, Pax came out the other day and said they offered Bobby Portis a contract, and he didn't accept it. Bobby mm-hmm. Portis wants to get into free agency. It's everybody's right, correct, mm-hmm. yep. to get into free agency. Um, but what would you guys do? And we can talk more about it a little bit later on because we are going to talk baseball bottom of the hour. But what is it that you guys would do? Because we've done nothing but bash Pax and deservedly so, for a lot of the moves they made. It goes all the way back to Marcus Teague and Doug McDermott and, and Wade and Rondo. And it goes on forever.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay, so which uh, what kind of a timeline are we on here? We got five minutes. No, I'm saying like no. can we because <laughs> you know, um, from, from now, believe
5: me, from this, now, what this, would you do? This, this like take, will take. Pax, a lot more. Like if, more if, I'm, time gar, than if I, I. I'm Gar, if I'm Packs, if I'm the conglomerate of Gar, if Chris and I are Gar Packs, yeah. I, I would be more. I think he's more of the Gar. He's he can scout. You can do all that kind of stuff. I'll take the heat from the fans. Like, like I'll, okay. I'll do all that. Like he can go to college. He knows the game. UIC Flames basketball. A big can, winner you know, yesterday. Yeah, He can go out there. He can pound the flesh and all that good stuff whatever you do and then i'll take the heat from the fans this you know i'll take the i'll get i'll take the yelling so what do you what do you want to do
4: well the reason i asked about the timeline wasn't for how much time we have in this (laughs) segment it was because you to understand the situation they're in you have to understand the decisions they've made in the last couple of years um fred you asked what would i do first of all i would have never signed and matched Zach Levine's contract to the Sacramento Kings. Right. I would have allowed him to go just because I think at some point I could spend money that is allocated towards him to a player that's either comparable or better than him in the future. So I would have never done that. I also would have never made the auto Porter deal because of clearing the books for the future. So it's like, it's, I would have done what the Clippers did. I would have done what the Knicks did. I would have done what all of these teams have cleared the books for this upcoming summer And then taking my hand at that. Now, I understand uh, it's unrealistic now because you committed to Levine. So now you have him at almost $20 million a year for the next four years. Right, And now you have Otto Porter, who's basically your free agent signing. Uh, I would not have gone out publicly and admitted that we know that no one wants to sign here. I would have tried to change my fortunes. I would have tried to take it into my own hands. I would have cleared the decks. And I would have had the young talent to develop, but I also wouldn't have spent the money on Otto Porter and Zach Levine. Now now that they're here, they're both decent players. That's not why. Like, I'm not saying this to say that they're not good players. The problem is, you now take yourself out of the sweepstakes of one of the biggest free agent summers the league has ever seen. And don't tell me that, well, this guy's not going to send her, and that guy's going to not. He's going to get
1: there. Well, me said, let me
4: finish. The point is, you. Once you get one person to commit, then it could all change for your franchise. Right. And that's the problem is they're so afraid of trying to go out there and get someone to commit that they just take, well, we, we did something. This is what we did. No one's going to come here anyway. And you get all defensive about it. That, that's not the way to build a team. Now, listen. They, they might certainly luck into Zion Williamson, and if that happens, it seems like they do have pieces to put around him. They've got shooters now to put around a, a key player, and especially a player that needs to control the ball like Zion Williamson. What we saw from him last night in the Duke-Virginia game, he was outstanding, especially defensively. So, li- listen, going forward, I think what they did in the short term was a good thing for this team. Now, whether or not that plays out and ever gets you a star, I think the odds are starting to slip away from them. And then that kind of defeats the purpose of this whole rebuild in the first place because this team was 41-41, and 41, losing the first round with the star, Jimmy Butler. They didn't want that. I think it's going to be tough to get back to that that place unless you land the next LeBron James. Okay, you you know more
3: about the uh, NBA salary cap and things like that than I do uh Pack said two things the other day. I played him, but instead of playing him right now because it'll take too long, he said, players have a lot of power now where they want to go and who they want to play with. And a handful of great players want to go places to win championships right now Kornheiser and Wilbon were railing on uh, AD for wanting to go someplace mm-hmm. to play with a championship team right now. You look at the Bulls. They're not ready to play to have a championship team right that's, now.
4: That's their fault. That's the, no, I that's, know it's their fault. No, but fraud, that, but that's their fault. Start, I understand that. What were the two things? What's the first one? The What's players, the first players one? have a lot
3: of power now where they want to go and okay. who they want to play with.
4: Okay, so here, here's the thing. Uh, the organization is trying to pin this on it's the players' fault that no one wants to come here. That is that is that is not right to the fan base and it's not right to the people of this city. They're no They're listen, they're, listen. Say,
3: they're not saying it's they're not saying it's the players' fault. What they're no, saying is on. that that's none of the what, players there.
4: That's what the Bulls are doing though. They're putting this on the, the players prop- and because the players are the bad kid in the classroom, it's not my fault as a parent. But like, come on, what they're there's, trying. To there's say something is- here, man. They're they this is not right to Bulls fans because you need to create success in this league. Why do players want to go to Houston now? Because Houston's winning. No, it's because they make moves to win. Yeah, they can, the, they're, they're not tied to that. their stars. That's the why, thing is, why do people want to go to Dallas now? They created that. Why, why are the Knicks one of the worst franchises well, the in the Knicks league? They up two full spots. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know they how? did that. They did that, and they're New well, York, and people always Fred, like going to New Fred, York. People are going to sign with the Clippers this summer.
5: Nah, pe- Think here's about the thing: that. people don't like going to New York because they have to deal. Because people in New York are chanting for other players to come there. The reason players like going to New York is because they have money. Players will go to any team with money. The difference between what New York did and what the Bulls would never do is New York drafted a guy that they don't care about anymore because they're like we're not winning with him. The Bulls would never trade Larry Markkinen. No, never. No, they ever, wouldn't because they're married to their draft picks. Yeah. For at least for three or four kid, years which is ridiculous right. if you're not winning with him now get rid of him if you have a way to bring in superstars if you have a way to create money you don't sign Otto porter you don't you trade portis was a good getting rid of portis was good because i was afraid that they were going to give him too much money right okay yeah. i mean so like, that's, and that's fine. they would the have gotten married in. to their draft picks well. and the reason why they say so, the reason why they're blaming it on the stars and say players want to go where they want to go no Players want to go where there's money and where there's enough money for two of them to go to. And nobody wants to come here and play with Lowry marketing. Nobody wants to come here and play with Zach Levine because of uh, maybe not because he, maybe because he's not that great of a player. And maybe because well, he's not I that mean, great of a get, guy.
3: We're going to get Listen. back into this. we got we got to talk to Jesse. Bottom of the hour, we're talking to baseball. We'll get back to this. we got a lot of time to talk about throughout the course of the show. Uh, we will definitely talk more about the Bulls and what's going on with them and get your calls, 312-332-3776. I'm not a
2: salesman. I'm not going to get out there and try to... Convince you of something.
3: It's Black Abdallah Hubner right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's
0: Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
3: Welcome on in Black Abdallah Hubner here on ESPN 1000. We got a lot to talk about. We'll talk a lot of NBA, Zach Harper, 10 o'clock, Darnell Mayberry from the Athletic at 11 o'clock, and get into national baseball with Michael Bauman from the ringer around 10:30. But I want to talk some local baseball pitchers and catchers reporting in just a couple days. And that means our guy, Jesse Rogers, heading down to Arizona. What's up, Jess?
1: They're on group four, Fred, so I have to board soon, but uh, good to talk to you. First uh, report of
5: the spring, Jesse, your priority. <laughs> Come on. You just get on the plane whenever you want to get on the plane. Don't yeah, you have an assigned they, seat? What are you on, Southwest? They hold, well, they hold the plane for me, Adam. Okay, I mean, there you go.
1: The
4: I, I just so. assumed Jesse had the AirPods in, and he's going to be the guy who's <laughs> talking to himself as he gets onto the, plane. the plane. That's fine. Yeah. You can do that, Jesse. Well, wait.
1: We, 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 While with sunglasses on, of course. Yeah, it's (laughs) early. The whole thing. I don't want anybody
3: talking to me. So going into this, I mean, there's been so much talk about the Cubs and what they're bringing and what they're not bringing to uh, Arizona and the training camp. And for the longest time, it looks like they didn't have any relief pitchers. But then all of a sudden, like in the span of a week, they signed like six or seven guys to come down to uh, Arizona with them, including a guy named Brad Brock, who, who was around the league last year and played for a couple of teams.
1: Yeah, they found some money for Brock towards the end of the offseason there. But, you know, interesting you bring him up. They haven't officially announced his signing. Now, they agreed to terms in late January. I think it was January 24th. Of course, then he has to take a physical, and we haven't heard anything since. So one of two things has happened. He either failed his physical or he hasn't taken it yet because it was maybe so close to spring training. He's just going to take it when he gets here, which can be, I suppose, a little risky if you're counting on him, and then he fails his physical the day of spring training. But the the point about that is, though, I've asked the last few days some people associated with the player and the team, and I've not gotten an answer back at all. I sort of been, hit a brick wall on on Brad Brock, so he's not officially a Cub yet. If you huh. go to the, the Cubs website, he's not listed on the roster. Let's just assume he's going to be there. That's going to be a big addition. With uh, considering Morrow out now, if he's not there, they'll they'll actually have some other choices out in the free agent market, because we know there's plenty of players still available. So it's kind of a weird situation. I'm just going to put that on your radar. Brad Brock has not officially been announced as a Cub, not on the roster. So again, he either hasn't taken his physical, or potentially he's failed it, or the agreement fell apart, or it's nothing, and we just they haven't gotten around to it yet
4: is the health of you darvish the biggest storyline that takes place on the field as you head into spring training
1: yeah i suppose so um, it, to me it's more about his durability once april comes but, oh, i only say that because last spring the guy was throwing 97 out of the box you know right out of the right through, in in his bullpen sessions even before he got to games so my point is he had his health and then somehow it went south on him midseason so i almost feel like he and bryant you know, as long as they make their, uh, you know, uh, starts and get, it, get their swings in, in Bryant's case, fine. But really, the telling thing is can they be durable during the season? I'm talking more Darvish than, than Bryant. Bryant's had one major injury in his career. Um, so, yes, the answer is yes. Of course, we have to see if he's healthy, but I want to see it, you know, for 32 starts once the season begins because I saw Darvish throwing very well in, in February and March last year.
5: Jesse, a couple articles came out this week about proposed rule changes to baseball, whether it's a pitch clock, adding a DH. The Cubs are one of the teams in the NL that's ready for the DH now. You coach baseball. You've got kids that play baseball. What changes do you want to see that you think the younger generation would not would make them watch baseball, but would make them more interested in in baseball?
1: that's a good question i mean i I think it i think it's more scoring i really do i think people will sit through long games if it's eleven to ten the problem with baseball is the two to one game now is as long as the eleven to ten game it really is so if you're going to play for four hours score some runs um so the dh does make some sense i'm sort of against it but whatever i'll i'll live with it you know i kind of like the nl strategy but i've grown up as a cub fan now i cover the national league so That's all I've known. You know, even Joe, though, and and other managers, uh, Madden, who've come over from the AL, they enjoy the NL game. There's just more strategy involved and all that stuff. But but if it increases scoring and gets people's attention, then I'm all for it. So, yeah, I think it it does have to do with scoring, or in a two to one game, let's make that a quick game. You know, the, the pace of the game does matter. Um, but if it's going to go four hours, I, I, I think scoring you know will draw the young fan in the home runs, the grand slams, all that stuff. Um, and not so many strikeouts, I assume because that's just it, it, you know at one time strikeouts were interesting for the pitcher. right now it's like boring you know because everyone's striking out everybody. So I, I would say that as far as uh, the, uh, the three batter minimum, that's really going to change the game. I mean, let's face it, it's going to change the game. Um, those, those sidearm lefties or sidearm right, you know, Steve Ciszek. Now you have to be a little careful. He, he, he's not good against certain left-handed hitters, right? The sidearm lefty, there's certain righties you can't throw them against. So those kind of guys lose some value and certainly the one batter left-handed reliever loses value, but it's, incre- it's a different strategy. It's, in, it's a, it's a different kind of strategy. You have to have the right pitcher in to face the next three batters in the lineup and, or a pinch hitter. Um, So I think that will be interesting and and could have the desired effect. There's so many of these rule changes, you never know what the unintended consequences are until you try them. So I'm sure there will be a few with a three batter minimum. But I would assume it would it would quicken the pace a little bit because nothing's more boring than a September game where Bruce Bochy's going to seven you know relievers at Wrigley Field there because uh, that's one game I remember he did in like two innings you know that just slows everything down so it'll be interesting to see what takes place this year and what what they uh, say for next season.
4: Jesse, as uh, you uh, wait to get on the plane to head to Arizona, what do you make of the fact that Bryce Harper and Machado is still not signed somewhere yet?
1: Well, I make that last year wasn't just a one-time thing, and I think a lot of agents were hopeful that it was. I talked to agents last year that were hopeful it was a one-time thing. I've talked to the same agents this year, and I think the most interesting thing is the ramifications meaning. In the coming years, at least until the CBA expires, will young players be more willing to sign extensions with their own teams? Will Goldschmidt sign one this year with the Cardinals because he doesn't care for free agency all of a sudden, right? Will any of the young Cubs, Wilson Contreras, Javi Baez, Chris Bryant for all I know, will they want to sign just to get some security? Because free agency is no longer fun. It used to be fun, right? It's not very fun right now. And the bottom line is, the fact that they haven't signed tells me they're not getting the offers they want. It's as simple as that. You don't have to look any further. It's not like they're, ho- they're not getting the offers they want. They're not getting precedent-setting offers. They're getting offers more than likely that are worse than guys have had in the past. And no agent wants to set the precedent in the opposite way. So that's what it tells me.
3: Jesse, you were at uh, the Cub Convention a couple of weeks ago. Last year, you were with Kyle Schwarber. You saw his new way of living, his new way of eating, the weight he lost. When you saw him at the Cub Convention, did he look bigger? I saw him taking some swings yesterday. Maybe it's just the way he was wearing his his outfit, his uniform. But he looked like he was a little bit bigger than last year.
1: Maybe a little. I actually did not spend a lot of time around Schwarber at the convention. I think he put on a couple pounds even at the towards the end of last year. So maybe a little, maybe a little, and maybe he's going to put on more because the DH might be coming. But uh, I, I, I think he's still in pretty darn good shape. He certainly doesn't have that catcher's body that he used to have. So uh, that's a good question. some to put to him. How did this offseason go? Because there was you know his last offseason so much publicity about right. him losing the weight. Um, but definitely, he's got to stay in that shape to, to get better in left field. So, something to watch in spring training, for sure.
3: Jesse, we talk, we talked to Bob Nightingale yesterday. We told him that when he sees you to make sure you pay for the next round of be- beers. So
1: Please, with that USA Today salary, he's paying for everything. <laughs> okay. He's got to got he's got a beautiful home in Phoenix from what I hear I've never been invited so maybe I'll maybe I'll get to see God. this uh, l- luxurious pad when I get out there
3: there you go Jess I uh, have a safe flight we'll talk to you soon okay guys take care see you Jess Jesse Rogers. I heard announcements in the background. I know Jesse was starting to sweat. Jesse's never been invited
4: because it's Jesse,
5: right? uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think Jesse makes a good point when he says that people won't care how long the game is if there's more offense. Like, I know it's bad to do the cross border comparison, but when we watch a, a college football game, like a Big 12 game, and it's like... 50 something to 40 something right. no one's ever like man that game was super long no, no everybody's like oh my god it. it was such a great game even right. if you don't like defense whatever it's a it's a great game if it goes three overtimes whatever we talk about how great the scoring ones and how great the the players uh the the playing was on the field but no one the last thing ever anyone ever says is whoa that was four and a half hours though but if there's If there's more offense in the game, if there's more offense in baseball, then yeah, I don't think people care if they're sitting there for three hours versus three hours and 15 minutes.
4: Good sports is good sports, right? You'll sit through it no matter what. It's when
5: it's...
3: It drags. That's right. when
4: people start complaining.
3: Okay. Uh, Dan Plesak was out with Waddle and Sylvie the other day. And I want to see if you guys, what you guys think about what he says here? We played this yesterday when I was here with Murph and we were talking about it. And we ran we ran kind of short on time in the segment we had. want, what do you think of what Plesak says? Do you agree or disagree with what he's saying?
0: There has never been a more difficult time to be a pitcher than in 2019. I, I'm just telling you. Every game that the umpires, they umpire, they're getting scrutinized. What balls were out of the zone, what balls were in the zone. There's more foul territory, there's less foul territory than ever before. The
3: ballparks are smaller, but if guys want to keep swinging with this uppercut, swinging for the downs, but
0: you know what, as an industry, just as bad because we reward, we reward 220, 35 homers and 85 runs batted in. We sure- it's just the truth, though. I mean, the ballparks are smaller. There's no yeah. foul territory. Lower the mound. Where, throw from the outfield wall. Then maybe they can learn to get launch angle. Give me a break. That's
3: awesome. See now, what he said was, I mean, a couple. The, I disagreed with him at the beginning, and I agree with him at the end. He's a former pitcher, so he's obviously going to say it's very, very difficult for yeah. pitchers. But I think that pitchers should have the balls called. Right, I've always been for the computerized Mm -hmm. strike zone that the pitchers would hate because pitchers love getting a ball called a strike that's a little bit outside of the strike zone. Okay, The other thing he said, though, they're talking about lowering the mound a little bit and somebody even floated the idea of moving the mound back. That's where i got to stop it. You can't be moving the mound back. I don't understand when it comes to the height of the mound. I don't understand why you have a mound at all, period. Why don't you just draw a flat ground like everybody else does? I don't know why you throw off a mound. Uh, once they had the mound, it was too high, they lowered it, and now they're thinking about lowering again. You don't need a mound. Then, if you don't have a mound, when you bring somebody in to the pitch, they don't need any warm-up throws to get adjusted to the mound. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Someone's got to explain to me why there's a mound. It does make the pitchers more dominant over the hitters. Yeah, I yeah, think that's does. what it is. Yeah. yeah. So, But why do you want that? Why do you want the pitchers more dominant? And if you want more offense, get rid of the mound altogether. Have the pitchers thrown off flat ground. They won't be able to come downhill and throw the ball 104 miles an hour or whatever it is.
5: Uh, I mean, I, I, I think that I'm not going to rage against the, the mound itself, but I think that the, the, the way you add more offense, I think there's, there's all these different ways of, that people are trying to control the game that don't make any sense to me. The mound is something I guess you could do if you wanted to, but... To me, like the three batter minimum for pitchers, and the pitch clock's a good idea. It's a great idea. The the three batter minimum, not uh, not allowing a shift, like that's like you can't tell someone how to play defense in in a game. It's stupid. Like I get the like in basketball, there's certain defensive violations and stuff. But if I want to stand somewhere because that's where you tend to hit the ball, that's stupid. Hit it somewhere else. Well, basketball, you bring a basketball.
4: Basketball is a perfect example, right? Uh, zone defense enters the NBA. Then they create rules to n- limit you on how you play your zone defense. Which they shouldn't, then, in my opinion. And then offense got better, and now nobody plays zone defense. Yeah. So if if you want to get uh, mad at defensive shifting, how about the hitters get
5: better? How Adjust. about
4: that? Right. You know, like, it, it's a game of skill, and it's a game of strategy. How about you
5: get better as a player of said because game? Because if you think of it the opposite way, if you get rid of the mound, what are pitchers are going to say? Well, we have to, and the hitters are going to say, "Well, adjust," and they, and right. then the pitchers are going to have to adjust. Whereas if you say, "Don't shift," and the hitters have to go, "Well, what are we supposed to do?" Everybody else goes, "Well, adjust." Yeah. So you have to adjust in the way you can't say, "I'm not going to stand somewhere." You also can't say, "I'm going to only use this pitcher from that's that strategy." Especially if you add the DH in both leagues, because then that's your only strategy. Because right. what's the point of a manager then? Right. You just write out a lineup card and in. A lot of places, a computer can do that because they just look at averages and they just look at the statistics and they go, here's your optimal lineup. And they just do that. A lot of times they say that they do that anyway. They give it to the manager,
3: right. They give it to the manager and say, here's the suggested lineup for today's game. That's what I'm saying. So,
5: what's the point of a manager then? What are we just not going to have managers then because you can only use, you have to use pitchers for three batters? What's the point? Well, the pitchers for three batters is just so you don't see a
3: continuing, you know, parade here, of right. guys. From here comes the Carl Edwards yeah. Jr. for one the, guy. Here comes c for one guy. Here comes, you know, last year, Justin Wilson for one guy. Then
6: you can't do
5: that during the playoffs because that's part of the strategy. Having a batter versus a pitcher is part of the strategy. And I was going to say to Jesse, but he had to get on his flight, is strikeouts are only cool in high leverage situations. Like, nobody cares about strikeouts in the regular season, but if I'm watching a postseason game and somebody gets a big strikeout then it's cool so if you want to do that if you want to do the three batter minimum it should only be the regular season because in in the playoffs all that stuff matters see but that's the part
3: i disagreed with uh with or actually i agreed with police on because we do reward guys that hit 220 with 35 homers and how many rbis and what they're all doing and, and theo said it too it's all about launch angle well you know what the Red Sox won because they believe in launch angle until they get two strikes, and then they put the ball in
4: play. Yeah, because they changed their philosophy. It, you know, like,
3: and That's sack, what
4: Madden's men, been yeah, trying to but, get the Cubs to do that, but when they get two strikes, they're still worried about launch angle. Okay, but police sack complaining because players are getting paid based on what teams are willing to pay them based on their stats is just so back-in-my-day complaining nonsense. That's all it is. Yeah. I don't see us complaining about.
3: It. Yes, well, it is. Well, but here's the well, thing: back in my day, we would have rewarded for RBI. Well, well
5: okay, that's a team stat champ. Like, wait, what's the big deal here's here? Here is the difference, though: nobody's paying for it because the two best players in baseball aren't right. paid. No, they're not paid. The for two best well. players in baseball are just but, are sitting on their hands right now. But the Probably reason not people
4: ahead. are paying for a two twenty by thirty five uh, home runs is because it's helping the team win. That's why. That's Moneyball. That's the I mean, new Moneyball. Listen, not everything can be like it was back in the day. Either that's just the case. It's things change. That's it. But I like. I find that annoying. The that, reason that that comes, the older players are complaining because of how the guys are getting paid now. That's that's annoying. I don't, I By the way, don't, would you rather have Ben Zobrist get get paid the most because he doesn't strike out hey, a whole he's bunch? Got PF flyers, man.
3: He does what he's supposed to do. He does what baseball players are supposed to do. They okay. when they have two strikes. So, it's so, the what, fan so of how, the how do ball, you fix it? All GMs out.
4: have to start paying differently. Like I don't understand that complaint. I don't think the money came. I don't or or from you. I don't think the money's coming up. Nearly, you're bringing the money
3: up. I don't think the money's being brought up. Baseball players are supposed to find that cut. He said that guys are
4: being paid
3: for rewarded. He said we reward.
4: Okay, but but basically
3: he's saying we that we want we don't care if our guys all hit 220 with 35 home runs right because the that's teams have pointed out
4: that that's better strategy for them but but it's not
3: always okay the, the teams that have the well, t- if it top wasn't home they wouldn't hitters, do that okay well how many how many world series has Bryce Harper won bryce harper strikes out a lot bryce harper well i will
4: just point out he hasn't been paid yeah yet. he's not getting Nobody, paid he
3: was and he you know None okay, of so, the, they so, don't want to pay anybody right now for for the reason is that, sure, they're 26, but they don't want to give anybody a deal because all of a sudden now everybody's too old at 31, 32, 33. Mm-hmm. And if you give a 26-year-old a 10-year-old deal, he's going to be 36. Well, they don't want that. That's they want smart, to pay huh? him. Exactly. That's why they're not paying him. Yeah. It's not that they're saying you're not worth well, $30 million a year. If you they're go saying
5: off, well, you're not worth $30 million a year for 10 years. If yeah. you go off the reports, it's not that they're not paying them. It's that the players aren't accepting the offer offers is what it is right like the offers are out there the what's his name victor uh gomez is that his no, name so uh fred i want to hey, ask Jerome? you about this hey, no, no 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 hold on uh, Which no, I've got right who's here. Hold the on. guy
4: hold on hold on i've got it right here Abdullah.
5: hector <laughs> gomez okay, okay go, the go mysterious, ahead go read it off <laughs> my screen the mysterious, if you interrupt. the mysterious hector gomez i brought it up <laughs> go ahead no you got it right in front of you i can't read that far
4: Fred, so I want to ask you, is uh, Hector Gomez yesterday responded to uh, the score. A website reported that the Yankees uh, offered May Machado a $220 million contract. Yeah. Hector Gomez from the Dominican Republic responded saying, according to my source, the White Sox offered him 250 for eight years. Right. So this is on MLB.com right now. So it's an article that's on MLB.com right now saying multiple reports throughout the offseason have indicated the White Sox offer to Manny Machado was seven years, 175. Is it possible that the White Sox went back and offered even more to Manny Machado and the offer is eight years, 250 million? What do you think about if, that? If
5: you read the tea leaves too it's out possible. there, Hector Gomez's source is Manny Machado's father. That's that's what people are going off of. And, right. and it comes out to like
3: $31.25 million a year. That's fine. It's an eight-year deal, and I'm sure that there's going to be an out after the fourth or fifth year. And that's the kind of deal that they're looking for. I know Waddle has floated a couple times, and a lot of other people have agreed with them. that an out after three years would be good for both sides. No, it wouldn't. An out after three years would not be good for the White Sox. Because after one or two years, you're just getting there. Then the third year, maybe you get close and don't win, and then all of a sudden you got to pay him more money, or he's going to be gone, and he wants to get out, and then you're going to have to renegotiate a deal. You know, if you if you made it a player option, that's what, that's what they're looking for. If you made it a team option, the the team the player's not going to sign for because they don't want to say, well, if I have a couple of bad years, all of a sudden you're going to let me go. So I don't mind eight years. Eight years is okay because there's going to be an out probably after five.
4: 250 for eight years would be the fourth richest contract ever signed in Major League Baseball history. Yeah. If that's what's on the table from the Chicago White Sox, H- H- why hasn't Machado signed yet? Unless he's waiting for the Yankees.
3: Unless he's waiting for the Yankees to come up with something else. So we'll But how does that make see. you
4: feel as a White Sox fan? Did you do enough? Is that okay? Is it satisfactory yeah. that you put that on sure. the table? If he doesn't take it, it's all right. We'll yeah. keep it, we'll move forward. Yep. All right, that's how I feel you too. Can. I feel like like, you made the effort, and if he doesn't want to come here, the future's still building. Right. You don't have to win next year, so it's okay. No. You can maybe spend in the year after or the year after that. That's fine. Yeah. I
3: agree. Kopech's not pitching at all this coming year, so you know the right. rebuild's been pushed to whole another year. We come back. We're going to talk some basketball. Zach Harper, the Athletic, some big comebacks. Do you call them big comebacks or big losing <laughs> yesterday as teams have big 20-point leads and ended up losing in contests? We'll talk with Zach Harper from the Athletic about the basketball around the NBA and much much more. It's Black Abdallah Hubner here on ESPN One
0: Thousand. This is Chicago's game day only on ESPN One Thousand at ESPNChicago.com. He was going the right way, Cohen, all the way, touchdown, Chicago. Levine, he goes
6: right by. Stop it, Samson! Did you not get the memo? He didn't come wow. for the massage, he came for the facial! Oh my goodness!
0: Chicago's game day. Darcy home! Hanson
6: scores! Sucks on. What a comeback! Sabisky escapes again, and he's got plenty of room to run! Look at him go! There's the athleticism for the rookie! Back toward the wall! It's good!
0: See Chicago's Game Day only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
3: Uh, welcome on in. Hope you're having a nice Sunday morning. I want to say uh, hi to all the people I ran into yesterday at the uh, Westmont Winter Brew Fest. Their inaugural, which is great that they said inaugural because I used to work with a guy, and I think you guys know who it is that they used to hate when people said the uh, first annual uh, because you can't have a first annual until you have an inaugural. Sure, so, right. Correct. Yeah, so it was great. Uh, a lot of great beers out there yesterday. Black Horizon and Wild Onion and you name it. Alter Brewing, uh, all the great beers. Skeleton Key. Uh, from out in the uh, western suburbs were out there. It was a little cold, but they had a nice heated tent. I got to run into a lot of people. Jesus said he was going to call today and talk soccer. I said, you can't call and talk soccer, Jesus, because Abdallah's going to be busy watching the Man City-Chelsea game, which has just begun. So, oh, come
5: and- on! Goal!
3: See? <laughs> so if you don't hear a whole lot... From Adam Abdallah over the next little while. And speaking of that, a guy named Hazu scored, didn't he? No, was that Sterling? That's Sterling. Oh, okay. can, you, can You guys, hold place? Sorry, listeners, that could uh, not have been place? more like
5: perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Man City just went up okay, on Chelsea, one right, nothing. Sterling yeah. with
3: the yeah. with the goal, just four minutes into the game. So. Yeah.
5: not everyone's in the studio with us. Watching no, I understand. I know we're
3: exposed. City and that. Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, we have a guy hanging on who I don't I don't know if he's uh, a soccer fan or not. We know he, he we know he knows a lot about the NBA because we read him in the athletic Zach Harper nice enough to join us here on ESPN 1000 Zach how are you today
2: I'm excellent how you guys doing
3: we're doing great uh, we have got tons of questions for you about some of the games last night but before we do that let's keep it local here in Chicago what were your initial thoughts the other day when the Chicago Bulls made the move ascending uh, the P trade Parker and uh, Portis for Porter what were your uh, thoughts on what the Bulls did there
2: uh, it's just a weird move to me I, if you want to invest in Otto Porter I think it's fine I think he's a team that helps a good team I don't think he, or I think he's a player that helps a good team I don't think he's a player that helps a bad team if that makes sense like I think he's more of a, a complementary kind of tie things together than than really help lead a, a bad team into being something good um, and so because of that you're you're tying up you know over the next couple of seasons you're tying up like forty-six million dollars between him and Zach Levine, like that's a lot for starting wings that you might not be completely sure about. I'm a big Levine guy. Uh, I get the Porter stuff, but for me, it was just a it was an odd way to allocate the money that they're going to spend. And some people come out and say, "Well, they're not going to go sign free agents anyway." Like, okay, but you can still give yourself a lot more flexibility than what they did.
4: Zach, you know, you say some people. John Paxson came out and said that no one's going to sign here, so. Why even have the cap space? That's the stance that's the Bulls wild, are.
2: That's a wild thing for the right. Kids.
4: Like put, put that into perspective. That in one of the biggest markets in the NBA, the team who has won championships before is just bowing out of free agency in one of the biggest summers of free agency we've ever seen in the league.
2: Yeah, I mean that's and that's the thing too is that this is a huge summer. It'd be one thing if you if you looked at 2020 and were like, oh, that's a that's a better time for us to, to be active in the in the free agency market. Like we're not going to spend this summer. We're we're going to go out and, and make sure that we're ready for 2020. But the 2020 class isn't any good after Anthony Davis. I think we all know where he's going in 2020. So it doesn't really matter there. Like it's it's just a it's a weird it's a weird defeatist attitude. Normally you have guys in these positions that are way too confident and way too boisterous and way too you know positive about their situation. John Paxson came out and was like, like hey, guys, this is the best we're going to do, so might as well do it.
5: Uh, wh- one of the guys that I feel bad for on this team is Robin Lopez. And John Paxson was on our radio station earlier this week and said basically they're not going to buy him out if his agent comes to him They'll talk about it, but they're not going to do the league any favors because they think the buyout market has ruined the trade deadline market, and they are going to be the franchise that isn't in the business of buying out stars, even though they did it with a bunch of stars. But now, now they've decided they are not going to be in the business of stars. How does that translate uh, with their perception around the league when they're not helping a guy who's been through this rebuild and just wants to get out so he can try to get a ring before his career's over?
2: Look, I'm happy to play like devil's advocate with a lot of stuff in the NBA because I think some fans overreact way too much to the littlest things but any time a Bulls fan tweets at me fire gar packs, I'm just kind of like yeah man I get it like I do <laughs> like it's just a, it's uh you know I it's a it's just such an odd direction from the front office and, and such a unnecessary hard line stance like you got to play the game you John Taxman and Gar Garfument like coming out and saying we're not gonna we're not gonna feed into this buyout market. It's ruining the league, right? It's ruining the trade deadline and everything. Like you're not gonna be the revolution there. No one's gonna look around the league and go, oh, well, you know, Gar and John aren't buying the guys out. Well, we might as well well buy buy guys out either. Like that's not going to happen. So why limit yourself to to poor relationships with agents down the road? Like that's going to have more of a trickle down effect in in terms of people wanting to sign with you and agents, you know, feeling like you'll work with them uh, in the future, than than changing the buyout market. So I just and especially for someone like Robin Lopez, like Robin Lopez has been through it. He's he's a good soldier, right? Like he is a great person. He's a great teammate. Like denying him the chance to go because. He signed because he came to you and you guys were supposed to be good and now you're terrible and one of the worst teams in the league now and you're not going to do him that favor. Like I get he has a contract and you have to adhere to the contract and all that, but there's wiggle room for a reason. There are these options for a reason. and It's just dumb to me to not, to not allow him to navigate that.
4: When we take a look at last night's action, the Thunder, they beat the Rockets. Both Harden and Paul George were fantastic. Uh, are we kind of not giving enough credit to Paul George and being an MVP candidate this season?
2: I think so. I mean, I think he definitely should be in the top five. Like, I don't think he should get MVP. I think that's either Giannis or, or James Harden. Right now I'd give it to James Harden, but he's been phenomenal in a, in a year where I think Westbrook's playing really good basketball. He just can't hit a shot. For some reason, I think a lot of that's his knee. If you look at him, it's not even just that he's a historically bad three-point shooter. that he goes into the lane and he's missing layups now. Like I think his knee is is, is kind of off and it's and it's messing up his game. But Paul George has completely picked up the slack. He's been arguably the defensive player of the year. Um, offensively, he's just been a monster. I don't think they go to him enough at the end of games. But uh, but yeah, like Paul George has had easily the best season of his career. Usually in the past, like Paul George comes out, he's great for the first two, three months, and then kind of tails off the second half of the season. He seems to be getting stronger right now.
3: The Celtics are fifth in the East right now. Last night, they had a 68-40 to 40 lead uh, over the Clippers, and they end up losing the game. And afterwards, Marcus Morris says, we're going to lose games, but we don't have no attitude. We don't have no toughness. We ain't having fun. It's going to be a long season. Is he the guy that Boston one needs to hear from when they're losing games like this? Yeah, I mean he's
2: here for somebody, and, and he's the guy who will definitely speak up. A uh, fantastic piece. If I can uh, pump out my my own workplace here, though, there's a fantastic piece by Jay King on the Athletic this morning um, about this whole situation, and it it really is like there's been something hanging over this team all season long, and even when they're dominant, and even when they're good, you know they're not having fun, and that's that's tricky, especially when you have so many young players. Like the young guys are supposed to bring this this youthful exuberance, right? And, like, kind of keep, keep all the veterans young and, and happy and everything. And that's just not happening right now. And they have some issues. Like, there's not enough shots to go around for a lot of the guys. All these players last year, all these young players had to step up last season because of the injuries, and they started flying first class, and they start, you know, in terms of basketball, and they started feeling really great about themselves. And then Gordon Hayward comes back, Kyrie Irving comes back. they got to go back to coach and it's just not and that's, that's a tough that's a tough transition for these young guys who always like hey man we took this team to the conference finals we were within a game of, of making the NBA finals like we're good and everyone all the veterans come back like yeah you're good but you're not right now and they just haven't figured that dynamic out and by the way like Gordon Hayward sucks but he has not come back yeah. from that from that injury it's been and it's and it to me it looks like a mental thing i don't i you know that's me speculating obviously but he just doesn't look comfortable out there and until he gets right, man, thirty million dollars locked up in a guy who can't play, like that's tough.
5: After the trade deadline this week, who do you think is the best team in the East uh, that's built for the playoffs?
2: I think on paper it's the Sixers. I still don't know how that works, you know, in application because, um, you know, it the real the whole like there's only one ball, like. That's a real thing. Like you have a lot of guys who are expecting to get a lot of shots, or at least used to, used to getting a lot of shots on a court, and they all have to sacrifice, and they all have to sacrifice from the fly, and they don't get a lot of practice time to work on it. And so, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Brett Brown to make this work because you have the best starting five in the East now, and uh, and and that's that's great on paper. But if you don't if you don't win games and you don't figure it out in the playoffs, um, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the coach. So so on paper, it's them. I still love this Milwaukee team. I love the way they play. I know they lost last night. But they didn't have Giannis. Like, but I love the way they play. I love the way they've embraced Mike Budenholzer's system. They're the best defensive team. They're one of the best offensive teams. The Nico Miritich uh, acquisition is perfect for what they want to do. Like, I... I think that this team could be very dangerous. The only issue I have with them is they just they don't have that playoff experience.
4: Right now the Lakers are 2 games back of the Clippers for the 8th spot in the Western Conference. Is it possible that LeBron James and the Lakers miss out on the playoffs?
2: Oh yeah. Oh, it's very possible. Mean, this thing's a mess. Like yep. they, you know, talking about the Celtics and everything, like <laughs> this thing is a mess. Like that locker room, that 42-point loss to the Pacers, a Victor Oladipo looks Pacers team. Like that was that was a real low point and If Rajon Rondo doesn't make that shot in Boston the other night, I really like wonder where this team would be mentally. That was a huge shot. And that was a like that was a cathartic shot for so many people on that team and so many people in that locker room. And and it you know, I don't want to get dramatic here, but like there are points where you can look at this team and be like, That might have saved their season. Just like mentally. Because that's how, that's how fragile it is after all that trade speculation. Uh, but now it's going to be on LeBron. Like, LeBron's got to go in there and lead and, like, you know, say, hey guys, sorry, I know I tried to trade you all for, uh, <laughs> the, the guy, but, uh, you know, like, you know, just kidding. We'll, we'll talk about this in the summer. You know, he's got to come in there and, and lead and he's got to be great on the court and he can't miss any more time because, you know, this Clippers team, it, it had a big win last night and, and that was a fun win, but I still think they're set up to kind of lose more games the rest of the season based on their trade. But that Sacramento Kings team, like, I know it's the Kings, and we always wait for the other shoe to drop, but this Kings team's good, and they made themselves better at the trade deadline, and, and they could be a real problem for the for the Lakers moving forward.
3: Another couple minutes with Zach Harper from The Athletic. It's Huebner, Black, and Abdallah. I, I thought I read that uh, Magic said he's just going to have to hug it out with all the guys. That should work, right?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah. kumbaya, yeah. This situation everyone gets like a talking stick and you know you, you burn some stage or something. i think now i feel like i'm channeling phil jack so yeah right that's <laughs> actually gonna work but uh but yeah like i don't think it's a whole like oh, just hug it out it's like a hey man we tried to trade you and i'm sorry about that but you gotta understand it's a business and you gotta just go do your job like it's not that easy
5: what happens this uh off season if no one goes to the lakers like there is a situation a scenario Ooh. out there where no one goes to them
2: I think I think if no one goes to them, then I think the next thing is, like, how do we blow the Wizards away with a trade offer for Bradley Beal? Right? Like, that's got to be the backup. Like, obviously, they're still going to try to trade for, for Anthony Davis this summer, and they might actually do it. You know, all the posturing and everything, we get to the summer, and if, if the Celtics lowball the, the Pelicans, like, the best deal on the table might be the Lakers, and and that's when they kind of just have to – Say like, all right. Well, we're not going to lose them for nothing. And if these offers aren't going to get any better, like you worry about you know diminishing returns on on some of these things moving forward. So he might end up there. But if no one signs there and they don't trade for Anthony Davis, man, they have to they have to make some big offers to other disgruntled stars or potentially disgruntled stars. And if none of those work, oh man, they better hope that the player development system for the Lakers is top notch because they have like you you're in danger of wasting two years of LeBron. Like that's. Man, that's a disaster if that happens.
4: When we look back on the week, uh, so many great storylines in the NBA that kind of this one kind of gets shuffled behind everything in the trade deadline. What did you make of uh, Kevin Durant speaking out after the game and having an issue with Uh. Ethan Strauss and everything that went on there and the, the dynamics of the Warriors playing in this season as the best team in the league, but with the possibility that's real that Durant leaves this summer, but the franchise doing everything humanly possible to try and convince him to stay what do you make of what took place this week with the Warriors
2: full disclosure Ethan is a really good friend of mine and he's been a really good friend of mine for about six seven years now so you can take all this with a grain of salt but I'm trying to be as objective as possible that was one of the weakest displays I've ever seen from an athlete in a press conference but like, it was so weak like he's like you guys are pestering me every day about free agency I hear it every day you guys are trying to get people mad at me all this stuff that's not what happens like, that's a lie. That's an outright lie. He hadn't talked to the media in nine days since, curiously, the Knicks had cleared all this cap space. Knicks cleared all this cap space, and he stops talking to the media, not because of a question. He just stopped talking to them. So what does a reporter do? They go ask around. They get sourced material. They get sourced information and, and put together the pieces because you won't talk to the media because you're too worried about the questions you're going to get. <clears throat> and that's just not how it works. Like, that, so of course, Ethan's going to write a well-sourced, well-written, uh, you know, article about, hey, what does all this mean? Why won't he talk to us? And what and is this because he's going to go to the Knicks? Like there was nothing wrong with Ethan did, and don't and like I'm not like yay media or anything. Like there's a lot of problems with stuff we do as a media entity. Like I get it, but that's not what happened here. He stopped talking, and a reporter did his job. And here's how easy it is: you be a reporter, I'll be Kevin Durant. Ask me if I'm going to the Knicks next year.
4: Are you going to the Knicks next year?
2: Guys, I am concentrating on winning a third straight champion, championship. I will deal with all that stuff in the summer. So if you guys don't have any basketball questions, I'm done. But if you do have basketball questions, let's
5: talk. Just do a Kyrie. Say talk to me July first. Yeah, that too. How easy is that? Yeah. How
2: e- like that like you've been in the league longer than I've been doing this job. How do I know this and you don't? Like that's that's the thing to me. Like I was just such a weak display. And it's been at a time where everyone should be talking about how good the Warriors are. Like they've been phenomenal since DeMarcus Cousins since right before DeMarcus Cousins came back they've been monsters they've been the warriors of old they're dominating and and that's, and you create the distraction not the media not Ethan Strauss he created the distraction it was just weak
4: Zach where can we hear you next radio podcast where, where are you at next
2: uh, Sirius XM NBA channel I'm, I'm on there from 1 to 4 Eastern every day uh, or not every day uh, Monday, usually Wednesday through Friday um on the no look Pass show and uh you can hear me on count the dings which is a podcast company that i'm a part of and uh you can read me on the athletic
5: see and you didn't have to say wait till july 1st and i'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah wait till july 1st and i'll tell you what tv channel i'll be on next yeah, there you go jack <laughs> exactly, we appreciate you jumping on thanks a lot Anytime. Thanks, guys. See you, Zach. Zach Harper from The Athletic. Some great stuff there. A lot of uh, action going on and uh, drama going on around the NBA on a on a nightly basis. A couple teams blowing 20-point leads last night. Uh, and, Chris, I, the question about the Lakers, I was wondering the same thing. What if no one goes there uh, with uh, with the way that the New Orleans uh, Pelicans basically treated the Lakers leading up to the trade deadline um you know, it was Brian Windhorst that said it's not just the Pelicans doing that to Yeah, the I mean, it's team, teams don't right want to now.
4: see the Lakers succeed, right. and uh, you understand why. Uh, Magic Johnson, Rob Polinka, they're very uh, out in the open on what they're trying to accomplish. LeBron James does the same thing. I think there's a lot to star players saying that, you know, I'm an equal. I don't need LeBron to win. You know, I, I think it's very real. The comments that Durant has made earlier in the season about LeBron James, I think it's real. I mean... Obviously, there's a level of player that sees themselves attaching themselves to LeBron and then being able to have a championship uh, aspirations off of that. But there's probably, you know, five or six guys in the league who say, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, those type of guys who say, well, I can do it without him. Like, I, yeah. I'm just as good as LeBron, which we don't have to argue whether they are or right. they aren't. But if you're at that mm-hmm. level of an NBA player, you probably think to yourself, yeah, I could take LeBron. I mean, we've seen Kawhi do it. We've seen Durant do it. So why wouldn't they? So, okay, back to the Durant stuff that I wanted to get to. Um, I knew Zach is really good friends with Ethan, Ethan Strauss. And Ethan Strauss, uh, if you don't know, uh, works for The Athletic. He is also the best writer who covers... Uh, the Warriors and has covered the Warriors over the course of this championship run that they've been on. So Ethan has the sources. He is an excellent writer. You can read him in The Athletic. He works with Zach. Uh, he's good friends with Nick right. it, it He's really good. And what's weird about it is uh, I listened to the Warriors podcast on The Athletic the night of that outburst by Durant. And it was Ethan Strauss, Anthony Slater, and Marcus Thompson. All three of them have covered the Warriors this entire time. Okay. Uh, they they also were like that was one of the weirdest things we've ever witnessed because I guess what you don't see is when Durant is asked the first question it was Anthony Slater but Durant starts talking about Ethan Strauss because I guess something bothered him from the week before that Ethan asked him and then when Ethan's name comes up Ethan in the back of the room waves at Durant like yeah that's me And so, like, Durant was looking to the side, if you're watching that video, the press conference, and then you notice he turns, and then he goes on the rant about Ethan Strauss and and people talking about him and he doesn't care and free agency and this, that, and the other. And and what's weird about it is people there in the locker room were also not defending Durant. And you can listen to the podcast. Steve Kerr wasn't defending Durant. But, like... Uh, I think think they said on the podcast that uh, Andre Iguodala came up to Ethan afterwards and was like, oh, you got in trouble. Look at you. And like the point that they make on the podcast is like uh, Draymond Green gets upset with stuff that's about him in the media. But he'll pull an Ethan Strauss to the side and say, hey, man, let's talk about this because I don't like the way you wrote about that. Durant didn't say anything to anyone that's there, including people in the organization, for nine days as all of this stuff's coming out. So you have to understand the context. Their entire franchise is, is focused on trying to keep Kevin Durant for their new building to open next year, the Chase Center in downtown San Francisco. They're moving from Oakland. They're going to downtown San Francisco, which is a corporate atmosphere. It's not the awesome arena that they've been in for the last... 40, 50 years. That place is incredible. They're leaving Oakland. They're going to downtown San Francisco. They need Durant there, even though he's not the most important person in the franchise. And that's Steph Curry. And Durant went cold on everyone for nine days. Ask Nick. Nick's told us Durant's an accommodating guy. He, He went out of his way to ignore everyone for nine days. And then to have this outburst on Ethan and everyone else in the media thus creating more of a story than it really was. Because like Zach said, if he just would have said, you know, talk to me in the summer and we'll figure it out, it all goes away. But you play into it by not speaking and then having an outburst like would that. You have had, would
3: you or anybody else have had a problem if he did not mention Ethan's name specifically? Because it seems like all the media is backing their guy because no, you he know had why? a problem with no, Ethan. No, you know
4: why? Because uh, if he just was with that attitude and say the media in general... You're swinging at ghosts. You created mm-hmm. this. You're the guy that's accessible. And the moment the Knicks cleared cap space, you went away and then you avoided everyone else. And then now it's the media's fault. Mm-hmm. You created this story. Because you, if you if you answer the first question and say, hey, guys, I'm just going to talk about free agency when that's we what get there, should, we're, we're going to win a championship. You then, signed then a then two it doesn't two-year
5: deal, deal to line up with everybody else becoming a free agent. Like yeah, well, you that's brought fine. this upon but I'm saying you brought this upon yourself. You're this is the same dude that got busted having a burner Twitter account yeah, defending right, himself yeah, very to other fans. He's only, super thin. The only problem I have,
3: and uh, you guys know reporters, I know what Kyrie said. Do you know how many more times Kyrie's gonna be asked about free agents? Of course he is. And he shouldn't be. And and it's not as easy as you guys are saying, because you know how many times Joe Madden is going to be asked about playing the last year as a lame duck manager? But it shouldn't be
4: asked in defense from the Warriors reporters. They don't ask him every day. That was made up. And like Zach Harper said, if you listen to athletic podcasts and they talk about it, they haven't. No one has been asking Durant all Night. season about his free agency. That's not what has been taking place. Durant was lying to everyone, yeah. saying that that's why he he's annoyed. He knew coming. Exactly. He but knew it like, was coming after the Knicks made the move to free up space. Listen, they, reporters have a job to do, and when you go missing, that's the story, right? That's why they had to ask. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like uh, outside of that, it, it, the whispers are real. Uh, where there's smoke, there's fire in the NBA, and the reason why people are are starting to think that this is a real possibility and why the organization behind the scenes is kind of scurrying around trying to make sure everything is ready for Kevin so he can sign this summer. You know, like, it, it, it's been talked about before and written about in, in various articles and in podcasts it's been talked about. Everything they do there is highlighting how important Kevin Durant is. We all know as a basketball society and I think a sports society that Steph Curry is the most important person for that franchise. But like when you walk into their practice facility, there's big banners of Kevin Durant. There's all this stuff Mm -hmm. trying to uh, massage the ego of Kevin Durant to then hope that he signs with you this summer.
3: He'll be asked the question again this year, and it shouldn't happen because until a free agency starts, there's no answer for well, but it. But Fred, you're, for you're, you're
4: raging on reporters. They they did, they did weren't asking him. They only no, asked I him because that. he created I know that. this situation. But what I'm saying
3: is it's going to happen again. It's going to happen to Kyrie again. It's going to happen to him because reporters continue to ask it, and there's no point in asking a guy who is not a free agent until the season's over about where he's going to go next year. doesn't make any sense. You're not going to get a good answer. All you're going to get is conflict like this. And, unfortunately, a lot of the NBA and the people that are fans of the NBA love this kind of conflict.
4: Well, I, I don't know if I love the conflict. I, I do like, uh, so thinking, about I, I like yeah. thinking about the future. I I like thinking about the future of teams and, and, and trying to figure out people uh, moving this that, and the other. But it's the NBA is high school. Everyone talks and everyone's gossiping behind the scenes, and it's real. The, the Warriors are are concerned that he's going to leave. It's a real thing. This is this could be the best team we've ever seen in NBA history. Yep. You know we. However, the season plays out. They're playing really well right now. DeMarcus Cousins is playing really well. They could go down as one of the great teams in NBA history, and it could all be blown up this summer if things don't go the right way as they play. And when the season's over, that's when those
3: questions should be asked. So anyway. That's just me. And I'm well, going to stay with But that.
4: You're, you're, the, the questions were asked because of his disappearance. So be mad at Kevin Durant.
5: Yeah, they're like the, the Knicks cleared up a bunch of money and you stopped talking to us. And the rumors that's before the this story. are that you either are going to stay here or you're going to go to New York. So Why, now did that they you cleared up a no bunch comment. of money, I have no comment there, on that. Talk, well, that's fine. Okay, but... but keep talking after games. Don't disappear. You're the best, you're the best, one of the best players on that team, if not the best player on that team. I'm and not just the
4: It wouldn't have been a big story if Durant told everyone in the media, like, Hey, guys, I just don't like I'm trying to focus on the season and right. I don't want to talk about it. So I'll, I'll start speaking again. But just let's not talk about, it. No, 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 he set a trap because he wanted to make a point because he's defensive, because he
5: knows that people know that he's seriously considering the next. That's why. That's why that happened the other day. Start pulling the bell check and just start saying I'm focused on whoever the next team is. I'm focused on and then do that and then you'll be known as that guy. That's fine. But don't hide from the media for almost 10 days. There are a lot. Well, there are athletes. That's your job. Over, there
3: are, there's athletes all over the place that don't talk. Yeah, but he, they're not the yeah, best they're, players they're in also the league. Kind of the second best player in the association. yeah. I know, I know. There's also four guys. He can always say, "Go talk to the other five guys they on the team." They do. They yeah. talk every day. He's the only one that's not talking. I know for that one nine day stretch. I understand that. I understand that. He definitely could have handled it better. I agree, and I think his only his biggest problem was when he brought the name out there. Well, if mm. he didn't say the name of the guy, he could have just he could have been fine. But once he threw the name of the guy, then all the other reporters say, hey, hey, hold it. Now you're blaming our guy and you called him out by name. So even if they knew who they were talking about. But we can talk about that later. Uh, Darnell Mayberry is going to join us with a lot of Bulls conversation uh, at 11 o'clock. We have Michael Bauman from the Ringer talking some baseball. Still waiting on a couple of guys. And baseball training camps and spring training begins this week. We'll talk some baseball spring training coming up with Michael Bauman right here at ESPN 1000.
0: This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com.
3: Welcome back in. Fred Huebner along
0: with Chris Black. Adam
3: Abdallah, we've been talking NBA, some baseball with Jesse, who's on a plane now, I hope. And uh, he's ignoring or annoying someone sitting next to him, I'm sure. I think Jesse on a plane is probably a quiet guy, right? No, just, no way. No. Yeah, no no, 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 no shot. Jess,
5: this early in the morning. Listen, Jess, you were right. Jesse's headphones in, sunglasses on. If he's wearing a hoodie, the hood is up. He's he's asleep at this point. No, like, he's not. Yes, he is. No,
8: he's
4: not. He's Sweden. doing his
5: talk show. You know, Jesse. <laughs> he's doing his talk show. He's taking calls left and right in the middle
4: seat. He probably found hey, somebody. Hey, buddy, call us. All right, what do you think, buddy? Middle seat.
3: Probably found somebody he knew, and uh, you think he's a recliner? I'm glad you asked that. Because you know what? And I know people may or may not. They, they say, hey, the chairs are there. They're meant to recline. Not if you're sitting in front of me, they're not.
5: All right, Fred. I love it. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. My, yeah. yeah. my knees yep. go to
3: the
4: things and there's,
5: yeah. you're not reclining. Yeah. No not
3: reclining. No reclining. Okay.
4: Can I get some baseball in before uh, you get into your little bit here? No
5: reclining. No, Fred, no, have
4: to. Uh the other day we were talking about, about the Pocota yeah. preseason uh, rankings for teams heading into this year. Yeah. Have you seen that they've changed?
3: They changed a little bit. They moved Phil they move, How did they change? Well, they well, they, they changed as things happen. Yeah, so they yeah. they gave Philadelphia two more wins after they got JT Realmuto. Uh
4: they uh, they also removed a victory from the Chicago Cubs. Oh, how could that happen? <laughs> what
6: how did you do
4: that? on. Oh, now they're eighty one? Yeah, eighty one? Eighty one and eighty one okay. with the Reds and the Pirates. Cub fans all are not three, gonna like that. All three, 81 and eighty one. oh. Updated yesterday. We'll get into that in a little bit. Oh, let's
3: man. go let's go first. Speaking of baseball. <laughs> We're going to the ringer. Michael Bauman, nice enough to join us here on a Sunday morning. Michael, how are you today? Good, how are you? We're doing well. Cub fans aren't going to be happy. We're going to get into this, uh, this Pacoda projections a little bit later. But, you know, this is the second year in a row now, Michael, that uh, big-name free agents are sitting out there waiting and waiting and waiting. And camp start on uh, Wednesday. Uh, what do you think about this whole situation with guys like uh, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper? And do you think that... Uh, it could lead to something bad for baseball and the union coming up in a few years.
8: Uh, yeah, I mean, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, pretty extensively. That you know, these are probably the two most desirable free agents, Harper and Machado. I don't know, maybe in the past ten years, and they're just hanging out there. And yeah, you know, I don't. There's, I don't think there's a team in baseball that couldn't upgrade its roster significantly by adding at least one of them, and they can be had for. Money and there's more money in baseball than there's ever been. There's been uh, record revenue for I think the either the 16th or 17th straight season, and payrolls have just not kept up with that. It's baseball's making more money than ever. The player share is getting smaller than it's been uh, at any point since the last work stoppage in 1994-95. So these teams, you know, every team in baseball could afford at least one of Harper and Machado to say nothing of Craig Kimbrel or Dallas Keuchel. Um, who are who both remain unsigned, and we're getting to a point now where, like, if you you know we we've, we've seen this with free agent Lancelin is an obvious example from last year, or if you don't get a full camp in, it's going to affect you for at least the first half of the season. Sure. So, you know, we're we're getting you know we're really I don't know past crunch time honestly at this point. Like, you know, it, it would be it would behoove a team to to you know pay these guys what they're worth sooner rather than later.
4: What do you make of the offers from the Chicago White Sox to May Machado, and what do you make of the fact that Machado hasn't signed yet? Does that tell you that he doesn't actually want to come to Chicago? He'd rather go somewhere else if the price is right.
8: I think you know there was there's speculation that his preferred destination is the Yankees, and the Yankees just don't seem to be interested. And but at the same time, like if anybody you know pours out the the requisite offer, the the number that I saw from on the White Sox offer was just was a joke honestly so if that's what the offer is then then no he shouldn't sign there Um, but I think if they ponied up then he'd be just as willing to go there as uh, as anywhere else and that's a team that's more than a hundred million dollars below the luxury tax in a division where Cleveland is taking advantage of the other four teams being deliberately non competitive. That division's there for the taking, particularly after Francisco Lindor got hurt. Um that opens up you know, they're gonna miss him for the first month of the season. And the White Sox are very well poised if they want to be competitive and sign one of these guys to take advantage of that and so far they haven't.
3: The latest one that we saw, and that's it's been within the last twenty four hours, is the possibility of eight years two hundred and fifty million from the Sox. Does that sound more in line with what do you think these guys are gonna get?
8: Yeah, I think they they came into this looking uh, you know for something ten years or longer, but the the average annual value sounds uh, that's pretty close, you know, as far as I'm concerned. That's north of thirty million dollars a right. year. You know, that's not what you know, not what I think they're worth, and certainly not relative to the uh, um, the growth of revenue uh, versus payroll compared to when, say, Albert Poole signed or even Alice Rodriguez. Um, but, you know, that, that seems relatively competitive, and, you know, I guess he's just waiting. For, you know, either the, the number's off somehow, or he's waiting for something better or a situation he likes better, so...
5: What's the solution? Is it something that the players have to negotiate for in the next collective bargaining agreement? Is it adding like what, uh, the, what soccer has and it's like a signing period where everybody has to be signed by a certain date? What's the solution that so these deals can get done before the start of spring training?
8: Um, I think it's honestly, that's a, there is a solution. I think it's, it's a little complicated and it's going to be very, very difficult for the players to pull it off. So if you'll just bear with me for a second, the reason that this is happening is teams have sort of collectively realized that signing players uh, to deals that take up a lot of time in their 30s is not the most efficient financial thing to do. Um, The players generate most of their major league value between uh, ages like 22, 23, and 29. And so, but the way the system is set up where uh, teams get control over players for, their, uh, cert, you know, for a certain number of years in the minor leagues. They can delay calling them up until the very last moment and then essentially keep them in their, their pre-arbitration or arbitration years up until the point where they're about to fall off a cliff and then say, oh, well, we're not going to sign these guys as free agents. And this has persisted because, one, uh, the union is run by uh, veterans who wanted to skew as much of the players' portion of the pie as possible towards older players as opposed to rookies or pre-arbitration players or especially minor leaguers or amateurs and the other reason is teams didn't notice this until probably about ten years ago and the economic system has sort of slowly been backsliding towards um, or away from signing veteran free agents since then so the solution is to the players within themselves to uh... shift more of that uh... um, the the big money you know the hundred million dollar contracts or whatever towards players in their twenties that means getting you know moving free agency up from six or you know with service time manipulation like what we saw with Chris Bryant uh, a few years ago teams have essentially stretched that to seven years you know uh, putting more of that money into signing bonuses eliminating the um, changing the rules to eliminate the Uh, the incentive for teams to hold minor leaguers down past when they're ready, like we saw with Bryant, like we're seeing now with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like we saw last year with Ronald Acuna. The problem with that is that that's going to cost teams more money. And so, like, they can just not pay players now, and there's no incentive for them to roll that money back. They don't care about the product. Owners don't. You know, increasingly, owners don't care about winning. They just care about making as much money as possible and fixing the free agent problem as it as it stands right now, you know, that's not compatible with them maximizing their profits in the short to medium term.
3: What do you think about, there was a, uh, Mark DeSheron came out and said something a week or so ago talking about, you know, everyone said, This is a great thing for Machado and uh, Harper because they're getting free agency at 26. This is wonderful for them. Uh, But still, a 10-year contract makes them 35 or 36. And a lot of baseball now with the new general managers, the new mindset is when they're 30, 31, 32, you're a little bit old. We want younger guys. So do you expect either of these guys to get a deal that's going to take them? eight or nine or ten years? Or do you think because of the way all of baseball seems to be going, that when you're 31, 32, you're old, um, that these two guys, even though they're only 26, won't get more than a five, six, or seven-year deal?
6: I,
8: to be totally honest with you, I don't know what to expect anymore. <laughs> okay. I will say that the, the, um, you know, the past two off-seasons have just been so completely deviant from the past, you know, the previous 10 years of baseball history that it's, it's hard to make predictions anymore. I will say that the risk on the back end of these contracts, and this is to, to Sherr's point, and this is why everybody expected them to get such long and lucrative contracts is Harper and Machado are so good and so young that the risk of them being, you know, what you looked at with, or what we're seeing with like the back end of the Albert Pujols contract right now, Pujols was five years older uh, than Harper and Machado when he hit free agency. And so, you know, Let's say, you know, Andrew McCutcheon is a a former National League MVP corner outfielder, hit free agency for, and the Phillies paid $50 million for the equivalent of the uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth years of a potential Harper contract by age. And, you know, that's not that far down from, and and that's what you're sort of building into the risk of the decline phase. So, you know, baking that in, there's no reason why, uh, under the right circumstances, he wouldn't still be worth. Uh, 25 dollars a year plus.
4: The latest uh, baseball uh, prospectus, Pacota rankings for this season have the Chicago Cubs at eighty-one and eighty-one projected out for this season. Is this way way off, or do maybe they know something that we don't know yet?
8: Well, it's. I mean, these numbers. Um, you know, I used to work at Baseball Prospectus, and the uh, the stats group there is as good as any public facing site in the game. And I think. You know, these numbers generate a lot of buzz every year because they, because of surprising stuff like that. You know, you, you look at the Cubs over the past few years, how little roster turnover they have, how much talent they have. Uh, I think they're going to win 81, more than 81 games. You know, projection systems are, uh, they're slow to react and you got to think of this as like the 50th percentile outcome. So, you know, I think more than anything else, it's reflective of, this maybe isn't a team, you know, this is a team with, with their older pitching staff. Maybe there's some downside risk there. Um, and more than anything else, you know, I was surprised to see all five teams in the division right now are projected to go 500. I think that's the, the main takeaway story. The big threat to the Cubs is not that they're significantly worse than they were the last year, too. It's that the Reds have gotten a whole lot better. Even the Pirates are competitive. You know, the Cardinals got uh, Paul Goldschmidt. We saw what the Brewers did last year, and they're still improving. They got one of the top free agents in Yasmani Grandal. So, you know, it's possible that, I don't know, three of the top five teams in the National League are in that division, and that's just going to make it a dogfight. So, you know, I think the – I wouldn't panic about the 81 uh, necessarily because, you know, those those numbers are never accurate to, like, within five wins or, you know, anything like that. And and their, you know, projection system is is obviously slow to react to things. So, um, you know – I wouldn't worry about it being 81-81. and 81. I would worry about how competitive Dakota thinks the rest of the division is going to be. I think that's going to be the Cubs' biggest problem if they have one this year.
3: Michael, we appreciate you jumping on today. Hopefully we'll get you on to a little bit more when, when teams are actually organized, and maybe right before the season starts, okay? <laughs> yeah, I hope that happens soon. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks a lot, Michael. Right, thank you. Michael Bauman from The Ringer, and yeah, it's uh, usually at this time you're able to. I picked up, when I was a kid growing up, I would always grab a sports uh, baseball magazine because it would have all of the players listed and all that stuff, and I'd always have it with me in my bag and things like that. I saw one on the stands the other day. I'm going, well, this is silly. There's so many guys not signed. None of this even makes sense. Why they, you know, they put it out, they're still going to sell them. Street and Smith's has been around for like 70 years. I just imagine the a scene
5: right out of the sandlot where it's like all the kids and like all like four of them are holding up like the Playboy, you know, with the centerfold yeah. all the way down, and Fred's holding a baseball magazine with the centerfold all the way down. Just it's a, all the teams. Street and Smith. Street and Smith was a team. Oh, wow, uh, look at Willie Mays. Yeah,
3: Street and Smith had a magazine out every year at the beginning of football, baseball. Uh, basketball and college basketball. And I actually have a stream Smith's basketball that's got John Paxson in his Notre Dame oh, uniform. That's, that's a nice item. Yeah, I'll bring it in one day. Bring it in. Yeah, maybe get it signed by Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to talk some Bulls basketball. Top of the hour. Darnell Mayberry from The Athletic joins us. It's Black Abdallah Hubner here on ESPN 1000.
4: Willie Mays.
0: See Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Uh, last week
3: we woke up our guy Nick Friedel in the West Coast. We're not going to do that this week. It's Black, Abdallah, and Hubner. We've got uh, Darnell Mayberry from The Athletic at 11 o'clock talking some bulls. But Nicky
4: Friedel was on the other day. This is with Waddle and Sylvie, right? No, I believe it was with you and I, wasn't it? Or it was me and someone on camera. was also Company. on
5: Waddle and Sylvie. He was on it, but Nick was all over the place today. Okay. This week, I mean. Today. Okay, so and Nick was talking Summer and, and he said
3: the Bulls just weren't ready when free agents came around to go after Anthony Davis. The
2: reality is, if we're being honest about uh, how that whole thing shaped up, I mean, I remember a few years ago, uh, the feeling was, and it wasn't just within the organization, it was... Uh, within talking to people in the league that Davis wanted to come to Chicago and, and he would end up there at some point. And then he signed that Max deal and you think, all right, well, if the Pelicans ever start to waver and they don't show any kind of growth, well here you go. And the reality was when Davis came up to to this point, the Bulls weren't ready. I mean the Bulls guys, the Bulls are a mess. I've been trying to explain from my perspective now out here, uh, listening to people throughout the league and going to all these different arenas. Right now, in this moment, the Bulls are a laughing stock in the league. And, I mean, that is a reality. Uh, no matter what you think of of the front office or Fred or Boyle or whoever, the Bulls are getting laughed at all over the place. And Davis comes up, and, and there's the connection to Chicago. And I I know there were people in the organization that thought, all right, this is a few years ago. When Davis comes up, we'll be ready, and and he can be the new centerpiece, and he can be the guy. And so to have Davis have this list and not have the Bulls on it, Chris, it had to hurt. It had to hurt them because they knew uh, that this time would come at some point, and they're not in the position right now to make a strong enough deal to, A, acquire him, and, B, get him to sign uh, their long term. And, and that is on them. I mean, this rebuild is difficult. Pax has talked about it, and he's right about that. It's not going to happen overnight. But you can't keep making uh, mistakes and thinking that that other people aren't noticing. <laughs> I
6: mean, what,
2: there, there's a laundry list of stuff we could go into. But why in the world are you publicly committing to Jim Boylan past this season? You can pay him certainly. You pay him more money. He's doing a different job. But what are you saying? Hey, yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> Jim's our guy. We're going to bring him back. If you're Michael Rice, why, why are you signing off on that? Why do you believe that, that that's the guy that the players are going to want to come play for? And it's not all on Jim Boyle. I mean, the roster is a mess. It's not very good right now. Uh, so there, there are a bunch of reasons why the reality is, the feeling for a long time was that Davis would land there at some point if everything played out the way it was supposed to. And now things are playing out the way the Bulls always thought, and they're not in a position uh, to make the deal happen and to
4: make him want to stay.
3: Well, that was Nick Friedella earlier this week on Thursday about them not being ready for uh, AD when he was available.
4: Yeah, so then add in the comments that the Bulls organization put out This week, when they met the media, and when John Paxson made the media rounds, you know that they are not interested in being in free agency this year because no one's going to sign here. So why try? It's a player's fault. Stop. It's a player's fault. No one wants to come here. Well, you know, two years ago the plan was to be in position. Why were you not in position? That's not the player's fault that you weren't in position.
5: Zach Harper brought up a good point that he talked about. Most GMs, even if they're not in position, at least put the face out there like they're the most confident and they have they have the best position. Okay, I have one question for you guys though.
3: Um, if in fact they had the money, and if in fact they went out for free agency, and Kawhi and Kyrie and Clay Thompson and Tobias Harris, and all of them said no, we're not coming here, what would you expect Pax to do then at that point?
5: That's different. I want them to be to be in the market. There's a difference between saying, we're not even gonna try, and saying, listen, we've cleared everything, we're gonna put our best foot. we're gonna try. I give them credit. For trying when LeBron and Wade and Box right. were all free, and I they give said them no. credit for that, and they said no. Well, so do they. they? They took credit right, too. I they, know yeah, they take yeah. a ton yeah, of credit very, all the very time. They're proud. They, that they, they were in also the mix. take
3: credit yes. for uh, Derrick Rose's yeah. ACLs. Uh-huh. Trust me. Uh-huh. Yes, um, yes, yeah. But what would you expect them to do with the money at that point? Because then they would at have least to spend it on someone. That's fine. You end up signing your colors. Tobias Harris decides, hey, I don't want to go there. I want to go somewhere where everyone's going to win right now. You find
5: your boozer, but you at least try. You're still getting crap for
3: for picking boozer.
5: You get. Out there, and you try. You try to make sure you have the most money available, so you can sign as many I'm of those guys that want to play. Okay, I'm uh-huh. the only
3: guy in Chicago that apparently feels that. Yeah, I know. It's why try? Who, get, who cares? No, I get, we they, it. No, I mean, the Bulls
4: that, workings, uh, the, the Bulls fan try. base. Here's loud they, and clear. Why that try? They
3: ju- that they said, listen, these guys aren't going to come here. Let's find the guy
4: that will come here, and let's make sure well, we have money for him when he when he's available. But Fred, they they were the ones that weren't in position to create this. They told us that they were they were going to, to have the money. Right, this. I understand that. And then they
3: didn't. That's well, a fail. No, they said, failed on it. They, they told you they were going to have the money. Then, as they went through it, they said, "Listen, the guys that are free agents that we want are going to go elsewhere." Yeah. So I, instead of listen, being there if, and swinging and striking out, and then going having to go sign somebody else, let's bring somebody else in that we can try to pull with the young guys we got. Get a draft pick and go
4: from there. If Brooklyn can do it, if the Knicks can do it, if the Clippers can do it. If the the Mavericks took a year and a half to rebuild, uh, I I don't I don't buy it. Okay, we, you and I can disagree, Fred, but I don't think it's right for the Bulls fan base.
3: Okay, that's fine. We'll talk to Darnell Mayberry from the Athletic. He was at the Bulls game last night. Uh, they were all there: Porter, um, Portis, Parker. They were all there. We'll talk with him when we come back. It's Black Abdallah Hubner here on ESPN
0: One Thousand. Well, See Chicago's game day only on ESPN One Thousand at ESPNChicago.com. I'm
5: easy like Sunday morning.
3: Welcome on in, Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner. One more hour. We're going to talk a lot of Bulls basketball this hour and some other stuff. I'm sure. I don't think we're going to get to the Blackhawks, even though they're on a six-game winning streak. They played at uh, 2 o'clock today against Detroit. Ah. Hawk fans are getting excited. Are they? Yeah.
4: Well, if you get into the uh, tournament, Fred, anyone has a chance. Gates beat ones all the time, and that's all I know about hockey.
5: Back to you. Abdallah, your thoughts. Hawks are hot. Ah, his thought is second half. Cold steel. No, hot steel on cold ice. What? uh Okay. Yeah. Uh so
4: uh Duke they beat Virginia last night. They won 81 to 71. Zion Williamson in 36 minutes. He went 6 of 8 from the field. He shot seven free throws. He went 5 of 7, which he's kind of struggled that there block, throughout the dude. season. 18 points. He had five rebounds, five assists. Three steals and three blocks. Fred, did you see the block where he was in the middle of the lane? The ball was kicked out to the corner pocket for a three-point shot, and he made it all the way there to swat it out of bounds? I did it was, not. I want to see You have to see it. Uh, I think it was the second half.
5: Okay, you have guys, to see then. it because it's basically the new version of – the, of the the Space Jam, where Jordan has his hand stretched all the way out to make the to make the basket, you could do that with this. Like was it it, as
3: good as the Bobby Portis uh, block last
4: night. Better, <laughs> okay, it was better. <laughs> okay. um so you know the thing. Uh, watching they hit, they Zion hit Williams, their threes.
3: Then. They Duke hit all their threes in the first half. Okay, they were hitting threes like crazy. Yeah, they shot
4: sixty two percent from three. Ooh, yeah, jumped out to thirteen a, for twenty one.
3: Jumped out to a nice lead. It was real difficult for Virginia to come back. I did catch like the last. Well, I watched the last twelve minutes of the game, and at that point, it was like a ten-point lead, and it never changed. It was always a ten-point lead.
4: Yeah, Virginia had a tough time scoring uh, yes. at the end, and uh, so like if you relate what we saw in uh, with the Duke game. R.J. Barrett was pretty good last night as well, obviously. And Fridges uh, said shooting from three, he went six of 10 from three. Yeah. He had 26 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Uh, Both of these two players are probably going to go one and two in the draft. And if you're the Chicago Bulls, you're hoping that you land one of these players because that's the only thing that's going to fix what we're seeing here with the Chicago Bulls. It's it's, it's
3: another good draft pick.
4: Yeah, because the Bulls are not going to go out in free agency. They're, 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 Tied now with what they have, basically on the court, that team's not winning. If you look at uh, the tank race, the Bulls right now are so sitting I fourth, the fourth worst time. team in the NBA at thirteen and forty-three. Yep. There are three teams uh, below them at eleven and forty-six and eleven and forty-five. The Phoenix Suns and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Knicks are number one, the worst team in the NBA at ten and forty-five. So right now, the Bulls are five games back of Atlanta from five to four. So. I'm not sure if they could catch them if they start playing good basketball. So you're probably locked into that four spot, and then you're hoping that the lottery odds work out in your favor and you can get into the top two. Because outside of Zion and RJ, I'm not sure if anyone in the draft is going to really change their fortunes for the future. Yeah, you know, Ja Morant is a
3: guy that they that it's out there and a guy that can play point guard, which is something that they need. Right, and something they'll probably they probably
5: have to go out and get a veteran point guard if they for next year, but. I, I would say, you know, it's like, what is it? A four, it's a four-player draft. Is that going to be the, uh, the every time we hear it this year? Oh, it's a four-player draft. It's a four-player draft. Probably. Probably so pretty you close. Want, you want someone that's going to help your friend. Because Zion is someone that, should he should his talents be this good in the NBA, he's someone that people will want to come here to play with. And you then, then you're on a time. Then you got a clock. As soon as you draft him, you're on a clock. You're on the Anthony Davis clock. Because you have to put stuff around him and hope that other players want to come here and play with him. Otherwise, you're going to get a dude with a year and a half left on his contract that just goes, you better trade me because well, I'm leaving.
4: And it's also uh, it's pie in the sky to assume that at the next level, Zion Williamson will be a top-level player in the league. Uh, athletically, what we're seeing on the college level, we haven't seen that no. since... You know, we go back to the 80s almost because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we went through a long period of time in the 90s where guys just skipped college altogether. Mm-hmm. Kobe, KG, right. All these players that in college, they could probably have done all this stuff. So, like, when you look at it, it's not only do you have to worry about the clock to make that superstar happy. He also has to be a superstar. Yeah. You know, I mean. Andrew Wiggins coming into the draft, everyone said that's the number one pick. Definitely. That's the next game-changing wing who can be athletic and do all this stuff. If Zion Williamson's the next Andrew Wiggins, that's not going to change anything for the Chicago Bulls' hopes for the future. So it's, I think the assessment you can make on Zion right now, looking at the NBA, is at most, at the very least, I mean, uh, he will be a defensive game changer for your franchise. I think he has the skills and the ability to be a Draymond green at the next level defensively. Now, offensively, if he can add a shot, if he is the type of guy who's going to work on his game and get better each and every year, sure. He could certainly come into the top 10 category of players in the league, and he could be athletic. You shoot from the outside, he can create for others. But I think at the very least with Zion, it's safe because you're going to get a defensive stopper and all-star on the defensive end for your franchise. And he's a guy that we know can run the floor. He's yeah. a guy like everybody, every
3: college player needs to improve their shot when they get to the pros.
4: Well, Fred, there's there's also a, a difference. I can give you the specifics on it, but listen, his shot pocket's low. There's a lot of things in question when it comes to his shot. He's shooting 30% from three. He's shooting... Uh, 66 percent from the free throw line a lot of his baskets come close to the hoop because he's bigger and he's quicker than most guys in college basketball in the paint right so that that's the one thing i would continue to point out to people is you're gonna listen to uh draft uh experts point out holes in his game and they're justified because you can't out athlete people in the nba Mm -hmm. we see it each and every year Just because you're an athlete doesn't necessarily mean it translates to being a great NBA player. You have to add, you know, Giannis has turned into an MVP this season. He's been the best player in the league probably this season. That's the other thing he has in common with James Harden. Neither of those two guys came into the league as the best player in the league, right? Right. Like, James Harden turned himself into the scoring machine that he is. Mm -hmm. Giannis has turned himself into the superstar that he is. Now, if, if Zion Williamson has the work ethic those two have... Certainly, he could definitely work on his shot like many guys come into the league, but RJ Barrett's already a good three-point shooter. Yeah. You know, he what is. I mean like and, and if you're looking at the long-term future of your team, would you rather have a point guard who can shoot from 3 or a big who has an awkward position, who's good defensively, but we never know if he'll ever turn it on offensively? Well,
5: I mean, that's tough. Think, yeah, and it's I, tough. And I
4: say awkward because he's not a true wing player and yeah. he's not going to be a center. No. So he's in he's that not. weird in between. But in today's day and age of positionless basketball, if you could play Zion as your five, your point five, or
5: or maybe he's your three, but the ball's in his hands all the time, uh, maybe that works for I you. I think I still want a difference making point guard that can take over a game. When you need him, too. I kind of, I, I, think like, I would too. I want that guy. I want that. I want Russ. Like as much as, as much as people don't. You know, he, he, with Russell Westbrook, and he hasn't won anything yet, but I want that dude that I know can go. If I need 40 tonight, you yeah. can give me 40 tonight.
3: Did you know, and I know that you guys usually probably, when Jim Boylan's talking, you don't pay much attention.
5: He
4: doesn't say much. Well, okay. there's spirit, there's uh, the soul, they there's all this stuff that heart, he's about.
3: After yeah. game one, uh, the game against Brooklyn the other day, when they scored their season high at 125 points, which mm-hmm. they matched yesterday yeah. in a nine-point loss, um, Boylan said they asked him what he, he wanted uh, Otto Porter to do. He said, "We want him running the floor, understanding our. I don't know if you knew the Bulls had this. He understanding our multi-handler system. Oh. Now, yeah, I only bring that up because you guys are NBA guys, and a lot of times people talk about ones and twos and threes and fours. We've talked mm-hmm. about point guards and a shooting guard and all this other stuff. Is there not a a, a trend where all of a sudden it's positionless basketball?"
4: Yeah, that's 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 current twenty nineteen NBA basketball. Right. So yeah. there's no so that's college level as well. You know, the, the more you can get to positionless basketball, the more you make it tough on the opponent because they have matchup issues. If you can roll out there five guys who can guard one through five then, then on the offensive end, you can just interchange parts. Right. But if someone's got you know Bigfoot out there trying to play defense on a guy who's a wing player, it's yeah. a mismatch every time up and down the floor. And we, we've seen that. We've even seen it in a playoff series. You know That was the problem with the Cavs is that the Warriors, when they matched up in the finals, no matter who Kevin Love ended up on, they put him in a pick and roll and then tried to get him in an ISO spot. To take advantage okay. of the big who was on the floor who couldn't play defensively.
5: I think that it positionless basketball and the, the multi what is him, multi-handler? He multi said multi-handler handler. Multi handler yeah. system. So that's basically who's gonna bring the ball up and the other four are gonna stand around and watch him. That's we take turns doing that. because well, I saw a lot of that yesterday. Yeah, but the
3: one guy the one thing that you saw from Otto Porter, I think, the first two games, I know the first game we saw it a lot. I didn't watch him and break his breakdown yesterday, but when Otto Porter didn't have the ball, he didn't just go stand in the corner and wait for the ball. So, so he actually looked to get open. He constantly moved, which is basically what you're supposed to do in basketball. He does, you're supposed he's to very have constant good, movement. He's
5: very good at that, but he needs someone that's going to get him the ball. And the, the Bulls have one of the worst passing offenses in the league. Yeah. So it, it, he's go, he's going to struggle if they don't get him the ball. Like it's, it's simple to say, oh, he's not going to play well if you don't get him the ball. Well, the Bulls don't get people the ball, so he's not going to play well.
3: Yeah. But... It, in this multi-handler system, you can have, you can have, you can have. I mean, here's what I was because I'm trying to figure out exactly. I haven't sat down with Jim Boylan recently, uh, so basically he's saying that Markkinen, Levine, Porter, or Dunn can all bring the ball up. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. and whoever brings the ball yeah. up, the other guys have to be moving, not yeah. going to the other side of the floor and just standing around. As long as everyone's got heart and tenacity, for well, I think will be all right. But let me ask you a question. I mean, I'm not being serious. If the four guys played the ball the game where they got they moved it would be an interesting offense it would be an offense that's obviously a lot better than we have right now yeah certainly because I too mean, many times you find guys standing around and in basketball you should never be standing around unless there's an iso situation
4: yeah the bulls are 25th in assist percentage in the nba that's um, not good no. no it's not good the, the one, the one I, thing that, 30, that, right
5: the one thing that fred hoiberg did well is he put guys in position to to succeed. Now whether they were successful or not that's on them. Like right. like he put Larry Marken in positions to hit successful shots. He just didn't hit a lot he hit a decent amount of them, okay? So that the difference is is Hoiberg didn't have the guys to for what he was running. He was running good stuff. He was running stuff that that had a lot of movement, that had guys passing the ball. They just he there were injuries and, and guys weren't hitting their shots. That's not his fault. But now you've got this old school mentality that doesn't work in the nba and you've got guys who are trying or just standing around watching because they know this stuff doesn't work like they're they're clearly i don't know if they're not running what boylan is is doing or if they're or if they're running it but it's not working or i don't know what's going on but whatever it is they're worse off than they were at the beginning of the year when they when they fired fred hoiberg than they are now and you would think that with some time, maybe they might be better with you when you make a coaching change. But uh, uh, no. And w- what was it, Chris? You said before that maybe uh, the what's your consp- What's your tin hat, tinfoil hat theory?
4: Well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious they didn't want Hoiberg to have success this year. Yeah, right? I mean, all his players were out. Yeah, and then the they, get they, of they start to come back, they yeah. they fire him because it's his fault. Yeah, well, that made no sense. Well, uh, let's see him work with the crew that is back and healthy. I mean your best player was out for his entire yeah. mm-hmm. stint this season. I get mm-hmm. that you want to blame spirit and this that and the other. Your team's losing just as sorry as it was losing before. The Come reason the reason they won the other day against Brooklyn and it's really simple why they won. Um
3: Brooklyn shot 41 three-point shots. The Bulls shot 28. Brooklyn made 13. The Bulls made 14. The Bulls shot 50% from three, 54% from the game. They moved around. They had a new guy out there. Otto Porter came in. He went four for five from three, seven of nine from the field for the game. They were excited. They had openings. They were playing a different kind of offense. You watched the game yesterday?
4: Yeah.
3: It seemed like they had forgotten that they played the night before. Yeah,
4: no, I agree, Fred. And when, and that's why. Even though they scored 125, they're a season high matching the night befores. And that's why it's easy to uh, point to three point shooting, but it, it makes a big difference. When you're a team with less talent, it does allow you to stick in games when you can hit three point shots. Yeah. You know, like the thing to point out is Atlanta is a terrible Wayne team. Wayne Seldon's hit his last six. Congratulations to him. Um, The thing to point out is Atlanta is a terrible team. But they are playing with pace, number one in the league, and they're hitting three-point shots, and they're passing the basketball. That allows you. Now, you can argue whether or not the concept of winning too many games and tanking all that all you want. right? But the concept of them playing a style of basketball makes up for the lack of talent. Because they are moving the basketball, they are pushing the pace, so they're getting more possessions than you are in a game. That is all stuff that matters. It's working the margins in your favor. But if you want to try and pound it uh, with your back against the defender from half court, like your Mark Jackson, nineteen ninety eight, then like listen, then you can't complain about the losing, right? right. Like it, it's one or the other. It's either you're going to tank on purpose. Or install a style of basketball to try and get the most out of your developing players. And that's what Atlanta is trying to do. Brooklyn is doing it to where they're a playoff team this year. Yeah. I mean, they were the, two over 500 before the Bulls beat them. Oh, interesting. A playoff team with cap space mm-hmm. who people are now interested
5: in because they're in a major market. Huh. And you asked what. Okay, you said. Nothing can be done about the Bulls that, with, with the moves that they've made, right? So, what are you going to do moving forward? Right. And one of the craziest things to me is why would you double down that Boylan's going to be your coach next oh, year? Oh no, no, I completely like, agree with you. That's the first thing. Okay, the, thing number you should one: never, you should never say
3: that. You should say Jim Boylan is our coach today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Period. We'll that's evaluate
5: it. everything at the end of the
3: season. Exactly. I agree with you on that. And I that's, don't that's f- I don't need
5: to evaluate anything. That's that that, that day after out. Sorry. The one thing that I don't
3: understand, and Pax tried to talk about it, people can believe him or not believe him, so some people may, some people, most people won't, Uh, when he asked about what he sees from Boylan that he likes. Mm -hmm. We have no idea. We are not at practice. We don't know how he runs practices. We Mm -hmm. don't know if the players enjoy him. We do know that Jabari Parker didn't enjoy him in practice.
4: Uh, what he sat him down sure for 13 seemed, uh, to 14 games or it, whatever. It seemed like they didn't get along. No. Right, yeah. right. And <laughs> I, I would also say it does seem like there is a rift between their highest-paid player and uh, their prized possession that they signed this offseason, Zach Levine and the head coach yeah. that the organization is behind. So yeah. so I wonder if there's more to that, whether or not the organization doesn't think they're getting the most out of that player right? and if there's a beef there because clearly there's something going on there between the head coach and Zach Levine. The tough part
3: for any any guy that is the second guy, you figure when you're the second guy, you're an assistant coach, you're basically supposed to be like, The guy's buddies. When when the coach yells at you, you're the guy that's supposed to go put this guy, take this guy under your wing and say, listen, here's what you need to do. You want more playing time, you got to do this, 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 and this. Good cop, bad cop. Right, exactly. Well, all of a sudden, he gets elevated to bad cop. Yeah. Okay? He's elevated to head coach. And the very first game, and Pax admitted that they probably didn't handle it very well. The game after Boston where he's got to run in sprints and practicing the next day after what? Three out of four or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was the wrong thing to do. It was a bad thing to do. A bad take. He, what he said after the game was probably bad. But we don't know technically. You would think Jim Boylan knows the game of basketball.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, I don't know what he's teaching. We don't know what he's teaching because we don't we don't get a chance to see it. They don't let people sit and watch. Well, practices. he's been
5: in the game long enough. You would think he would he would know. But have you guys just- ever uh, googled on or gone
4: on YouTube and looked at his old press conferences at Utah? No. Seemed like he had had it together there. Did he? Just I'm just saying. <laughs> if you want to have some fun, go listen to his press conferences when he was coaching the Utes. You know he coached uh, under Pop, though.
5: So I mean, no, I mean okay. Shit. Well.
4: Here's the thing. He was definitely um, the good cop under Pop, I would think. Let's see. Pop let's, called, didn't
3: Pop clear his whole bench like 30 seconds into a game the other day? Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he called a yeah. timeout. Yeah, he called, like time yeah, he called yeah.
4: the <laughs> fastest timeout in <laughs> NBA history. Um, let's talk through this. We've all sat in offices, right? We've all worked on teams for a project. Yeah. Maybe a group project in college or somewhere. Sure. Um, Fred, you're right. There is a element of like the TA being your buddy. Yeah. But then when... There's a flip, and that person then becomes the instructor or the manager or whatever the case in this situation, the head coach. So going from a buddy that's working you out every morning at shoot-around and before the game and kind of like massaging your, your ego, yeah. and then it turns into now he's the taskmaster. Um, there, I, I think there's also an element of NBA players are smart, and they saw how this went down. And they saw that uh, a lot of things that Fred did that this guy kind of pointed out after the fact were wrong. Yeah. But he was a part of that team. Right. He was there. You said this team wasn't in shape. You're calling out the players for not being in shape. who are NBA athletes who are in better shape than any other athlete in pro sports. And when I say that, I mean it because... These guys don't not play basketball in the offseason. They play basketball. All they do is play basketball. This isn't the 90s where these guys are rolling the strip clubs every night and they're not taking care of their bodies. They're they're in sleep chambers. They're worrying about their health, all this stuff. NBA athletes are in shape. He comes out publicly and says you're not in shape and that the last coaching, the last head coach, was not getting you in proper shape. Well, you were there. You're a part of what was going on. I mean, players can see this. You can see right through this. You intentionally were not supporting that guy because you knew yeah. that this was going to be your gig. You know, I don't remember who said it to us. Who was it? Um, maybe Michael Lee. Maybe it was someone else. Someone who we've had on in the last couple of weeks pointed out, like, remember when head coaching candidacies came up and then Boylan wasn't putting his name in the ring for these jobs anymore? Mm-hmm. Because... He knew behind the scenes that once Hoiberg was gone, this was his gig. Okay, players know this. Yeah, players can see this. So, like, that's why when Nick comes on and tells us, "You got to address this." This is why when you look at all the with the style of play and everything adds up. You, how can you have a good perception around the league when people talk and this is what you see? And the results will speak for themselves. Maybe his style will get the most out of this group. I hope they do because I love watching Bulls basketball. Right, I want to see them win. Sure. But I think we can all see what's going on here. Yeah. And to answer your question that you asked me five minutes ago, Abdallah, the conspiracy was that I think that they just wanted Hoiberg out so they wouldn't have to commit to him long term if mm-hmm. the team was successful this year.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I thought. Well, see, I thought moving Tibbs was a bad move, but then you know, you of gotta course, get, you gotta of get course go, it was. Yeah, you yes. got to get along. Yeah. You yes. Got, yeah. I He's guess a you got to I guess your yeah. coach has to get along with the. Uh, President of well, basketball it, operations. There's,
4: there's a respect level there. Yeah, you should. Yeah, he should get along. Yes, but yeah. he's probably a better coach. I yeah. agree.
3: You know, uh, Truckie
4: Jim's been hanging out forever.
6: Yeah, Jim. Let's see if Jim's still yeah, out there. Yeah, Trucker Jim. Trucker, are you still Give out there? Give me the horn. Uh-huh. I'm still with you guys. Give me a second. Man. Grab, it, grab, it, grab it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: what you want? Yeah, what you got, Jim? Phone?
6: Hang on, guys.
3: Whoop. Hang on. He dropped this phone. Adjust. Just I'm
6: still with you. Keep phone. both hands on the
3: wheel. Ten and
5: two, trucker.
6: No, I'm at a break area, brother. I can't drive forever. <laughs> um, I mean, I literally, I've been a Bulls fan since they started. I'm I'm Fred's age, so I'm pulling for Fred against you, Millenniums. But you're giving me some new education, and I love this weekend stuff. But anything like Zion Williams, everything about him is he needs development. Pax and Gar have never developed anybody except under Tibbs, and that didn't work out either. What now you got Boylan in a position that he knows in his heart of heart, if he tanks and they get one of the kids from Duke or the kid from Murray State, he's gone because he cannot develop these kids. Me and Fred couldn't develop these kids because we don't know the ins and outs of today's different basketball. And yet the soap opera that basketball has been in the last month, which is usually a downtime to the last 20 games, has been unbelievable. I mean, I got my idiot brother who doesn't know anything, Mike, who doesn't know anything about sports, asking me, like, what's going on with Durant? Why can't LeBron? And yet, these are all the major markets. And I don't know if the commissioner is backdooring all this stuff, but it's the number one news topic.
3: It is, Jim. And and Jim, I'm learning from these millenniums every week. That's why I like working with them. I'll talk to you later, Jim. We'll horn one more time.
6: Hang on, brother. I got
3: it.
0: Reach for it.
3: <clears throat> Thanks, Jim. We'll talk to you soon.
5: I love the horn so much. Oh. Like like Will 2K, right? Huh? Willennium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're Willenniums. Yeah. Right. yeah, big Willie style over here. <laughs> there you go. No, but I mean, look. Look, I know he's the best coach in the NBA, but it's not like Popovich ha- hasn't adapted. To the new NBA, right. and I thought this guy learned under Pop, right? That's yeah. what I was told. It's, he uses that. This guy was basically like it's, it's like he shared an elevator with him. He's the well, McV- you, know, he's like, you
4: guys want real talk about Pop? That dude's going to be a coach of the year again. He's got that Spurs team with a collection of veterans. They're seventh in the West right
8: yeah. now. Yeah. They
4: shouldn't be.
3: a
5: You don't playoff think he team. can
4: adapt? Come on. We come back. We'll talk
3: more about the Bulls. We'll get into some other stuff, and uh, I, I have some other baseball stuff. And we'll just we'll refresh people about the Picota numbers before we leave, just so they can be have a wonderful Sunday
0: afternoon. It's Black Abdallah Hubner here on ESPN One Thousand. This is Chicago's game day only on ESPN One Thousand at ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in, Chris Black, Adam
3: Abdallah, Fred Hubner, with you here till the top of the hour. It's nice that uh, we know that on the West Coast, somewhere, uh, Nick Friedel's listening.
4: Oh, really? On the ESPN app? Yes.
3: All right. So that's nice. Nicky's listening and uh, called and just chimed in. So maybe Nicky would right. like to are go we to gonna, the...
4: Are we putting Nick on? Is no. he? Oh, he no. just called to summer. say something off air? It's not yeah. summer
3: yet. All right. Okay. <laughs> <Look at laughs> just the
4: imagine Nick.
3: the summer of Nick uh, out in the Bay Area. He'll enjoy that if he ever stayed out there for the summer of Nick. Uh, see, when he was following the uh, following the Warriors, the summer is a little shorter. Uh, yeah. yeah, when you follow the Warriors. It doesn't uh, start quite as early as it did when you follow the Bulls and things like that. Uh, the Progressive International Motorcycle Show at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center is uh, coming up. It's February 15th through the 17th. Riders United at the Progressive International Motorcycle Show if you want to go. Be the first and second caller right now. 312 332 3776. See the latest models for the top power sports manufacturers. Purchase premier parts, gear, accessories. Check out the bikes in J&P Cycles Ultimate Builder Custom Bike Shop and IMS Vintage displays. For tickets and details, visit motorcycleshows.com or you can be the first and second caller. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. You get a pair of tickets, and uh, heck, you get more than a pair of tickets. We give you a four pack of tickets. That's just kind of guys we are. In case you got four
4: friends, you know, and I think
3: most that of the like people like
5: I imagine if you got a motorcycle, you've got three other friends that also like motorcycles. I would think so.
4: So well, uh, yeah, you, you don't travel alone. You travel
5: with a pack. A pack, right? don't mm-hmm. you? Get on the open road and you get the wig in your some, hair. I hope we get some old school uh, DMX style Rough Riders. Remember the Rough <laughs> Riders? I want the Rough Riders to go to this thing. I don't think they're. I don't think they get as much representation as they should. Get on your hog,
3: yeah. You know, the, uh, uh, I was there was a video the other day of uh, Suarez interviewing a Bulls player. He had that almost that same sweatshirt on. This the is the a Bulls. This
5: is technically a Bulls sweatshirt yes, that I'm is. wearing right now. Got to support the team, guys. Got to support the team. You're such a hater. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, I hate the Bulls. <laughs> and see, that's the funny thing
3: too. All the pe- we uh, Bulls fans and the people calling that are saying you've got to move Gar and Pax and Michael reinsdorf has got to sell the team and all this kind of stuff. Nobody would say this if they didn't care about the team. Yeah, right? Right. Everybody, everybody's
5: a Bulls fan. They want to see this team and the organization get better. This and- wouldn't make Chris and I so angry if we didn't like the team.
4: Right. Like if, you know, right here's an example, uh, Abdali. Your thoughts on the Blackhawks possibly missing the playoffs I this year? I don't care.
5: <laughs> he doesn't care. I'm sorry. See,
4: see, <laughs> right. You know, I'm sorry.
5: it's it, it, if, <sighs> you, if you're it, concerned if you, about the future, that means you care. Like it's cool for the fans. Make the playoffs if you want. A- eights beat ones all the time, right? That's what I've heard all week. No, no, no. Hey, I didn't actually want your Hawk Oh, okay. No, he, he doesn't want <laughs> you to talk anymore about it. Please stop. What he would, he would oh, say. Hey Guys, all I know is the power play's back. That's what I know. Yeah, I that's know The what I've power heard. play's back. Dump and chase. They, they've been yeah. very, very good. Do you know yeah. there's
3: a player on the team that does not have a penalty all season long? Ooh. Is it,
4: uh, what's it, a barcat? Uh, the
5: brink hat. No, oh. it's not. Oh. It's not Barstool, oh. big cat. Oh,
3: okay. All right, sorry. sorry. <laughs> he would have a lot of penalties. <laughs> Barstool would have a ton he of penalties. He would be awesome, wouldn't he? he Put him in front of the net. <laughs> I'm just tip it in. He would have. A, he would have a lot. Um, there, there's a bunch of stuff. People last night were were wondering if anybody was going to watch the American Association, or I'm sorry, Alliance the, the of American, of American Football. American football. I, if I got the name right, it'd be easier. Two point nine million is that it, they said watched. Okay, it's not bad right. on a Saturday night. A lot of other things to do. It's cold on a Saturday night, and yeah, uh, yeah you know, and they're smart too. They're playing in in warm areas. Uh, they which, have to, which makes which makes it very smart. Uh, the games today are being played in Arizona and Birmingham, Alabama. All right. So you got the Memphis uh, Express against the Birmingham Iron, um, and that's a three o'clock game. And then the uh, Salt Lake Stallions against Arizona Hot Shots. And that is a uh, 7 o'clock game. I'll probably have it on again, too. They do not have kickoffs. So it's funny, because Heinz Ward is part of this whole thing. Yes. So they had him bring the football out, the inaugural football. And instead of bringing it out to midfield or to the 40, he brought it to the 25 and set it on the 25 where they they start the So that's what they're
5: going to do with people? Okay, that's, yeah. So... But All they right. also
3: have a rule, and it didn't get used yesterday because there was no need to it. One of them game was a blowout, and the other one, San Diego, couldn't score late. But they, because they don't have kickoffs, they also do not have onside kicks. And we've always wondered, well, if you're not going to have kickoffs, what are you going to do with the onside kick? Um They have a 4th and 12 that substitutes for the onside kick. You get the ball 4th and 12 at your own twenty-eight.
6: So, and there's if no you onside can convert kick. it?
3: So, if you score and, and then you can get the ball, say, listen, we want to use our onside kick rule. You get the ball fourth and 12 at your own 28. If you convert,
5: you keep the ball. How many times do you get to use that? I don't know. Because, why would. I know, I, know, no surprise. Your I know what you is thrown off. yeah. No, no, no. I understand that. I say, wonder how long it's it going to take someone to do the metrics to say, well, we're more successful if we just like, like, like you're more successful if instead of punting, like there was that high school coach that never punts. Right. And so he says the odds are in our favor yeah. regardless. Well, the yeah. odds yeah. are in your favor because you're playing against high school teams. Right. Well, like in the yeah. NFL, the odds, are, the odds aren't in your favor because you're playing NFL teams and they're going to stop you. Right. So. I wonder who's going to be like is there going to be since it's a gimmick It's. I mean it's a gimmick league anyway but if it's a I don't a, think who, you can use it. I think you can I don't I don't think you can use it after
3: uh boy. I don't think you can use it all the time. Okay. It's got to be a thing where you probably only Cause use I it cuz I would the just use it all the time. Like Why not? Yeah. So I I don't know I haven't read up on all the rule I just know that they have not used it it's called the fourth and twelve substitute for the onside kick and you do it from your own twenty eight so well, you know and they're all, they are also going to use a similar college uh, overtime um, where they they go from the ten I think it is
4: and, the, and so, let's uh, point out that it was fun to watch for yeah. For some time now, I didn't dedicate my entire evening to watching it. I was watching the uh, the Rockets and the Thunder and the Bulls Wizards game, but during halftime of those events, I was watching this game because you know what? It's not a farce. No, it's not XFL fake football with all this gimmick nonsense. It's guys who are hopefully trying to one day get to the NFL. They're not selling you fake stars and oh look at he hate me running out there. <laughs> this is your no no no. no. It's guys who. Have no job in the NFL who hopefully one day if they play well here, maybe they get a shot. And because it's under that context, CBS, the packaging was just like your normal NFL packaging. The graphics, Mm -hmm. everything about it was professional. That allowed me to just flip it on, have some football on in the background, watch a few uh, series and then say, all right, I'm going to go check on something else. And I'm not surprised if it did well ratings wise across the country because It looked legitimate. Now, am I going to say this is better than college basketball? This is better than the NBA? No. No. But it was fine to have on. And and I think the long play here is that if you're successful for many years doing this... Maybe at some point the NFL buys you out, it, and then it's it's just a part of a minor league system for the NFL. Well, it's also
5: the timing of it is also perfect. Yeah. You start the weekend after the Super Bowl. You end before the NFL draft, so you're not competing with the NBA playoffs that are going to be on for eight months. You know what I mean? Right? And you don't compete with baseball. You're not really – there's no competition, so why wouldn't it do – like, there's nothing else. Like, if you're not – if you're if you're just a casual NBA fan and you're only watching during the playoffs or you know really big games that involve the Warriors or LeBron or whatever like you're not watching a random Saturday night game you might watch this because well, you they- like football so the the brilliance of it is the exactly where they've timed where, the timing of it and yeah, where they're putting I agree. It and how it doesn't really it doesn't really compete with anything no. It doesn't. And all the big college basketball games are on earlier in the day. So, like, I know the Duke game started at 5 yesterday. So, like, you have... You have a window where people are going to say, you know what, I'll, I'll watch this because there's really, I'm not really missing anything else by watching this. Right,
3: right. There's no doubt about it. And uh, the one thing, remember the XFL did something that I thought the NFL was going to pick up on and they didn't. Remember the XFL used the camera that was behind the quarterback for a majority of their broadcasts? Mm-hmm. And I was surprised the NFL didn't go to that because all video games do it. That's the reason uh, that the XFL tried it and started it because the kids and the youngsters and the old men like me that play video games. That's the view for when you play Madden. Yeah, you're behind for sure. you're the co- Some
5: some broadcast did. For NFL, they don't was do it For it NFL or college, Yeah. they did. There was like a there was like something wrong with the camera, and they ended up going to that. Okay, I remember view. that. But you know why? You know why it's such a great one because you see
3: the blocks, you see the line play. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to see the line play when you're taking the shot from the sidelines. You think you see a guy pulling, but when you've got that other one, you can see the guard pulling around the center and how the whole thing works. Wow. You can see receivers getting open yeah. down the field. The do you know what it, was?
5: it was one of the national championship games. One of the alternate like ESPN broadcasts was one of the megacast channels was that view for each side of the so you could watch behind the quarterback the entire game, and right. that was one of the views. That's I remember a cool that. View, yeah. and I, I'm surprised
3: mm-hmm. the NFL doesn't use it more often. There must be a reason that they don't because they've got that damn camera that keeps flying around. It's that's booger. hanging it's right booger. over. The,
5: it's a the booger camera. Yeah, right that. yeah, that's hanging
3: right over the. That's uh, hanging right over the the field. So you would think they'd use it more often. That's the one thing I thought the XFL brought to the game that w- they would have kept. But I'll watch today. I mean, it's on CSN Sports Network. Uh, I get it. I get it on Directv, so I can actually watch it uh, later on today. I'll have it on TV. Okay. So
4: here's my question, and this might be something that uh, Felix might need to send up to corporate for this. Um, So if I want to follow said league, we as a millennial, uh, all millennium, millennial (laughs) as a millenniums. uh, as uh, I start my day, I always go to ESP, ESPN.com. I have since high school, company okay. man uh, before, before I worked here, Company man. From I high go school, to ESPN
3: right? Plus for my soccer, mm-hmm. but yes.
4: Under which tab are they going to put this new league? There is no, I can't click anywhere to find out. I want to see who these teams are. Do I have to go to their, what? I see think what you I'm do. saying? Like, yeah. will, it, will it be added? When will .com add it under the NFL tab, or will it be its Never. own tab? That's what I'm asking here, because you have a CFL tab. Huh. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. like there is no extra tab for this new football league. Is it going to be under college football NCAA F? It does have others there, but then when you go to others
3: it right. doesn't bring that up, does it? No.
5: Huh? Mean, have we we, we, Le- we have, cricket. have cricket, little league world series, esports. You guys don't even want me to list all the sports if you go under more sports. <laughs> no,
4: I know. I'm I'm just asking What's uh, kabaddi? How long? So here's the question to you guys. How long until it gets a spot on the ESPN.com site.
3: To be this? honest, I think it's something that they should be working on Monday. sport?
4: Because I, I think
3: people are going to be interested yeah. in this. I think it's something they should they should work on Monday because the are right. League,
4: There's an NBA G League tab. Yeah. You can click on the G League and it has your home scores, schedule, standings. That's yeah. all I need. I just want to know who these teams are because they look like uh, when you go into Madden and you make your new franchise, they'd all look... Uh, yeah, it's the uniforms. You yeah. can design your
3: uniform. It looks yeah. like
4: that. They all look uh, generic and the same. So yeah. I just want to know what's the difference here. What do we have working with with these games? Really, I, you I had think, the schedule. You went and looked it up. So yeah. Where did you look? Uh, I,
3: I I think it's actually uh, AA, AAF. AAF teams, and then when you go to it dot biz.
4: All right, teams. All right. When you go to it, I think it's actually this. Maybe oh, they won't do CBS.
3: it because it's a CBS sports site. So I don't. Uh, I maybe ESPN won't do that.
4: Hold up. they got power rankings already for these teams? These teams have played one game. Power rankings. They've got power rankings. You want the power rankings? Actually, oh, you go you go. To the team. we go. If you go to AAF.com, their can, whole their whole thing comes up. Can Felix give us some football? Can you look up some football music? I've got power rankings, Felix. We have power rankings for the AAF. I'll only give you five. I can't give you uh, all eight of them because it'll take too much time. At five, the Atlanta Legends.
3: You're going backwards from five. Okay. At four, the Salt Lake Stallions. They play today, 7 o'clock tonight, on the, on the NFL Network. I was not wrong the other day. They are on the NFL Network number also. Number
4: three, the San Antonio Commanders. They played last night. They were winners. Number two, the Orlando Apollo. Oh, they were 40 to 6 winners over the
3: Atlanta Legends yesterday. Man, number two. Wow. Who's number and one? Number one, the Arizona Hotshots. Oh! Arizona Hotshots Shots and the Salt Lake squad, they
0: play
4: today. Wow, we officially ESPN that segment. We gave you power rankings for the AAF. That's 7 o'clock tonight at the NFL Network, and I think Andrew
3: Siciliano is doing the play-by-play. All right. So there we you get go. Andrew on there.
5: I'm trying to figure out what this is that I'm watching. So underneath the ESPN, under more scores, <laughs> yeah. there's this sport called Kabaddi. Yeah. Dude, what is this sport? It's amazing. They they're like they're like wrestling each other, and they're trying to get back into like an area, and they're just. It's like is that like four square? Look at it, look at it. Oh so yeah, so they're trying to like get back into an area. It's like look this It's like tag, look up. It's like like tag in a box. It's look. weird. Yeah, this. I mean, this is oh, great. I might get behind. This might be my off season. We will take a break. I this might look at be it. my NFL off season here. Kabaddi. I gotta
3: look at Abdallah's phone. We gotta take a break. <laughs> and, it's and it's black Abdallah Hubner right here on
0: ESPN One Thousand. See is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome on in. We're going to go
3: watch uh, Kabai or whatever Bye. the heck. Yeah, Kabadi. And you can find that on the app, the ESPN app. Abdallah yeah. finds all these things. Um, Fred Huebner, along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. <laughs> you. you you know, I didn't. I couldn't find that. It was <laughs> on the it, app. It's only on the app. It's, we can't find it on the computer. We looked. We didn't know what you were talking about. We thought you were on some other site. <laughs> but there is a sport where there's one guy trying to get his foot
4: to a square, and there's six guys pushing him yeah,
5: out of bounds. it looks like six on one. Yeah.
4: It, it's like tag inside of a uh, uh, four-square box. But
5: they all also can wrestle him. Well. It's weird. Right. Okay,
4: yeah, I, still, I love it though. It looks so, great. It looks so, so, what so do you think people care more about, that or uh, the Blackhawks wings coming up at two o'clock today? <laughs> there are, you know, and, and granted, there are a lot of
3: Blackhawks <laughs> fans. I understand that there are. There are some. I mean, I grew up in the Cicero area, uh, actually in Cicero, and uh, when I grew up back in the day in the seventies and eighties, when the Blackhawks played a home game, basically Elmwood Park, Melrose Park, and Cicero emptied out. Because all of us went to the Blackhawk games. There is a group of people that are diehard Blackhawk fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife has has chemo every Tuesday, and one of the ladies there, her family, they, we always know they're there because their car is in front with a Blackhawk bumper sticker and Blackhawk stickers on their car and everything, and they're big Blackhawk fans. There are Blackhawk fans. It's been a very very difficult season to be a Blackhawk fan.
4: I didn't make that segue to say that there are not Blackhawk fans. I was just trying to get us back onto relevant Chicago I sports. I know, uh, I know the are. Hawks.
3: Are, uh, what, only they're playing wild. Few... Well. They've lost yeah. one six in a row. It's a big game today for Hawk fans.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, so they're uh, four points back of the wild card of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, so 53 points to 57. Yeah, the They're Blues keep well. winning. Blues won again
3: last night, I think they did. So making it even tougher for the, the Blackhawks. I see here the offense
4: has been up in general as of late, averaging mm. 5.4 goals per game in the last six. Yeah, you know what? Taves and Kane
3: are playing like uh, like Taves and Kane used to play. Actually, Kane never changes. He just keeps scoring each and every year. So it's, it's great. It's a big game today, uh, no doubt. Uh, Cap will be talking about it tomorrow from Arizona.
4: Yeah, absolutely. He'll be in Arizona all week, Cubs camp, and then uh, over to the White Sox as well throughout the week. So tune in at 9. Yeah. So Abdallah
3: and Black and uh, me, we will be back. Well, some of us will be back next week at different times. You just have to wait and see. You never know when us millenniums or these millenniums will turn up. Uh, thanks a lot to Jesse Rogers, Zach Harper from The Athletic, Michael Bauman from The Ringer, and Nick Friedel for just listening, and Felix for all of his help as always. Thanks for listening here at ESPN 1000.